and welcome to another episode of the Crystal Clodcast. I'm your host, Laura, here as ever with my wonderful, lovely, amazing co-hosts, Mia and Retta. Mia, hello. Sorry. Did you get caught off guard by my superlatives? Yes, I did. After the talk last time, I expect I was like, okay, the, the, the grand opening is probably past. No, now. I like to keep you on your toes. Sometimes I'll give you no grand <laughs> intro, sometimes I'll go overboard, who knows? You, you did definitely take me off guard there. Hello, what? I'm Mia. I'm on Twitter at OmiaGod. We're also here with Retta. Hi, I'm Retta and I'm Super Retta on Twitter. I always forget. One of these weeks I'm going to catch you both off guard by being like, I'm here with my, like, terrible, nasty, I hate them co-hosts. I'm here with these two assholes. Yeah, I'm here with these two people who I can't stand but are contractually obligated to podcast with. <laughs> well, that's what happened. We signed a contract to do the entire show, so we're locked in now. Exactly. If you, if Steven Universe just, like, goes on for the next, like, 120 years, we are stuck together yeah, forever. It. This yeah. is how contracts work. Mm-hmm. You know, no escape. No. Uh, so yeah, this is episode 24 of the Crystal Clodcast, which I never, like, acknowledge what that is. It's a podcast. We talk about Steven Universe five episodes-ish per week, discuss them with spoilers of late show stuff. I never explain that, because the intention is that you listen to all of these in order as you watch along with the show. I don't imagine anyone jumping in at episode no. 24, but I should probably... If, if 24 is your first, Hello! I hope you like this very specific batch of Steven Universe episodes we're going to discuss. <laughs> yes, enjoy listening to us talk about this thing like towards the end of the current arc. Well, maybe they just wanted to hear someone talk about this arc, because it, this batch of episodes is quite a nice self-contained That's arc. True. It is. It's, it's kind of like, it reminds me of like a TV movie. Yeah, like it's, it's very like beginning, middle, end, one story, I'll doubt it. It is pretty good. So this week we are going to be talking about Steven Universe episodes... 114, Stephen's Dream, 115, Adventures in Light Distortion, episode 116, Gem Heist, 117, The Zoo, and episode 118, That Will Be All. Uh, yeah, this is, this is a really good, like, flowing one into the next batch of five. Like, this is probably one of the biggest, like, this is one single story being told. Yes. Arcs we get. Perfectly paced as well. Yeah, it's it's impressively paced because I think we talked about this and we might get to it a bit later as well, but a lot of stuff happens in that last episode. Like, all of the... The bulk of the things that happen are in the final episode, but it doesn't feel like it's four stretched out episodes of padding and then a rush to get all the plot yeah, done. Yeah, It feels really well paced even though... It, it is very sort of, oh, ow, cat jumped um, on my shoulder mid-recording. Um, yeah, no. If you could help, get her if, if you could, that'd be helpful. Hey, Smudge, you're lovely, but I don't necessarily want you leaping from the sofa onto my shoulder while we record. Yep, there you go. But yeah, no, it is a deceptively well-paced batch of episodes. Uh, Right, let's jump in at the start with episode 114, Stephen's Dream. Sorry for the uh, excitement there, everyone. (laughs) We can jump in the way that Smudge does. Yes. Smudge wanted to join in that time. Uh, We start off with Stephen having dreams about the palanquin. Uh, This sort of jumped back a bit because we saw the palanquin teased in the... uh, The Buddy's book. Yeah, in Buddy's book in the library episode. Mm -hmm. Um, So he sort of sees it and he can't place where he's seen it from. Uh, It is the pink palanquin, I believe. Mm -hmm. And he's seen like a a line art illustration of it, but he's never seen it in colour before. Yeah. Uh, So he wakes up, 
tears absolutely streaming down his face. Uh, I had entirely forgot. I mean, we'll get to it, but I had entirely forgotten why he was crying. Yeah, the whole. I had like all these like, oh, is it like Rose's memories? And I was like coming up with all yeah. these theories, but no, it's, it's a thing we've talked about a lot. His like seemingly being able to empathize and see through the eyes of blue gems. Yep. Yeah, seems to be a thing. Um, so yeah, S- Stephen remarks that his dream wasn't sad. Um, I've put Stephen's dream wasn't sad dot 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 to him yeah. because he doesn't yeah. understand the context. He's like, that's just a pink, pink box. What's that? Yeah. But he's crying because he's seeing through the eyes of someone who does find it yeah. sad. He's, he's kind of like, he's part of the dream, but doesn't have the context for it. Yeah, exactly. So like he, he's crying without understanding why. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like he was actually having a dream. It was more that he was just observing yeah i've put yeah. i've written it as a dream because like i think that's definitely how he initially sees it yeah but it's this whole thing where he when he dreams he can seemingly astral project or something yeah. he, he basically incepts gems i wonder if blue diamond had any idea that someone else was seeing through her eyes at I, the same time i highly doubt it like i think she'd that's have she'd thought. have said something if yeah, she'd been she aware give any indication she knows and we yeah. saw with um with Lapis when this happened she only realised when Stephen actually came face to face with her yeah. and she was yeah. like oh this is peculiar yeah just like <laughs> the hell are you doing here um Greg bought himself an expensive watch which is the only like frivolous spending thing on himself we've seen him do with his lottery millions he seems quite proud of it I wonder if yeah. that's like a thing that he always wanted or something I feel like it might have been. He he very much like tries to show it off to Stephen, and there's just this awkward pause of Stephen's <laughs> just like, eh. yeah. It's it's very much a thing Greg bought for Greg. I think. Yeah. Well, it's that, like the car. Yeah, because he got the car because he always wanted the car. Yeah, yeah. He's he's definitely one for things with personal significance. Yeah, like none of them are big, flashy, needless things. Like he wanted that car because it was the car as a teenager. He kind of wanted mm. the sort of beaten up, uh, like drag racing car yeah. he bought himself like a nice watch but it's not like covered in diamonds or anything it's just, <laughs> no. just a snazzy watch um Stephen asks Greg did mum ever talk to you about pink diamond awkward pause <laughs> yeah it's it's one of these moments where it's like Stephen is starting to have his moment of my mum was not all good not all positive can we talk about that aspect of my mother? Yeah. Like, I mean, a, as a fleshed-out person. He definitely, at this point, gets... He's disillusioned with the idea of his mother, but also he is becoming more frustrated with the fact that no one, nobody ever tells him anything. Yeah, that he gets this, like, one-dimensional, like... Basically, the painting on the wall is the image he has of his mother, of, like, hey, here she is at her best, being yeah. all sparkly clean and wonderful. Mm. And that he never really gets to see, like, this is what she was actually yeah, like. who was she as a person. You know, warts and all. Yeah. Um, Greg comments on his sort of... Greg apparently didn't ask much about the war. We both made a lot of mistakes when we were young. Um, young is obviously a very relative term in this sense. Yeah, I imagine Greg probably didn't kill anyone. No, it's like, what's his explanation? Um, he thought Disco was coming yeah. back. Uh, she started a war, you know. Yeah. Um, but, like, 
Greg says that he only valued who she was now and not who she was during the war, basically. Which makes sense. Which the past is the past. It makes sense, but it's also kind of, I don't know, there's something about the way you put it that, that just seemed a bit iffy to me and that, like, if you're going to be with someone to the extent you're going to have a kid with them, maybe, like, the fact that they they started a war should be a conversation at some point. Just, like, it seems like the kind of thing that, like, you should probably know about a person you're committing your life to. It's because he was less in love at first and it was more just infatuation with her. Yeah, but by the end it definitely does seem like, you know, proper love. It's, I don't know, it seems really weird that I started an intergalactic war (laughs) is like an off-topic thing. Yeah. Well, maybe Greg has things in his past that he doesn't... Like and he yeah, doesn't like, like talk he, about. He was thinking that disco was coming back. <laughs> no, I mean like really negative things. He might have had things he didn't want to talk about. Like he killed a man. Yeah. Well, you don't know. <laughs> Maybe he did. I, I doubt Maybe it. he killed Marty after he went. When, when Marty comes back. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Marty's ghost. Maybe after whatever the most recent time we saw Marty, he got killed. Okay, that's my new but headcanon. Like, either way, the- like if you have a dark past and you don't want to talk about it, you don't pry into other people's. If if he's not current, if Marty's not currently off on screen, he's dead. <laughs> I just imagine like dark Greg now, with, like choking Marty. Has like all these dark secrets. That's why he doesn't live with Stephen. He's off like killing people. He's also not actually bald. He just puts on a bald cap around oh, everyone. It's a fake beard as well. He tears yeah. it off. <laughs> yep. Anyway, uh, Connie is the one to recognise the palanquin from Buddy's book, which is a nice call back to the library. Um, she is sort of the bookworm. It makes sense for her to be the one to re- remember this. Yeah, because she references what she has to return it to the library in a week. Yeah. yeah. So it is exactly the same book. Uh, Amethyst... Okay, so... Th- Stephen and Connie go and show the gems this book. Amethyst doesn't recognise the palanquin because she's new. I believe that she genuinely doesn't recognise yeah, it. Yeah, that was my reading. I think because they've never had a reason to go to any of the palanquins. Yeah. So, I mean, because Pink's is the only one that's on Earth, isn't it? Blues and yellows are I believe so. Years. So it makes sense she'd never seen one. I believe her sincerely when she says she do- that she doesn't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pearl... She looks at it and then tries to explain it's some kind of illustration in some kind of journal. Yeah, she's um, trying to avoid having to answer. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's weird because the way that she... You could read it as she's trying to deflect because she knows and doesn't want to talk about it. You could just as validly read it, I reckon, as she doesn't want to admit that there's something she doesn't know. And as such, she's trying to sort of talk... Being like, oh yes, it's an illustration in a book. To not have to say, I have no idea what this is. Oh, possibly. I didn't think of that. That, that was my original reading. Mm. And as such, I put, does Pearl really not recognise as a question mark rather than a statement yeah. that she is deflecting? That would be interesting. My reading was that she recognised it where she's like, that's one of the things we yeah. don't talk about with yeah. Stephen. Well, and it, it's her way because they've agreed that they're going to be more yeah. honest to... Be like, well, you asked if we knew what it was, and that right there, yeah. that is just a drawing. So technically, technically yeah. I'm not lying. I'll, I'll circle round to this at the end of this episode, but uh, I, I remember there is something at the end of the episode she says that implies that maybe she did know. But okay, um, cool. Garnet is adamant not to go there. Like she is probably the most uncomposed we've seen her in a while. Yeah, Garnet is in complete panic. Mm-hmm. Oh, the idea of it? Yeah. Like, the note I have written down is, Mama Garnet says no. 
Oh my god, and it panics and says no. Yeah. Uh, the way that Garnet phrases it initially, like, we know from the end of the episode her reasons for not wanting to go were her own fear. That's not how she presents it at the start. She's like, Rose never wanted you to see this place. Like, she tries to pretend that this is all about Rose's wishes rather than I am too scared to go. I saw it less as her pretending it was Rose's wishes and more as of her being manipulative, which is something we haven't really seen in Garnet before. Because... The first thing that she says is, stop talking about this, you are upsetting Pearl. Yeah, she is pretty emotionally manipulative here when trying to get Stephen to back off this question. It's just like, I know this is bothering you, but you are upsetting this person, so you deal with your upset and shut up. And it's really manipulative in my opinion. Just to cut back to what you're saying, um, the first time I watched this, I assumed that Garnet's reaction was because she was afraid of Blue Diamond. Mm. But on watching it um, again, I read it differently due to a line Garnet mm. says at the end. I read that as Garnet basically future visioned and thought, if I go there, Blue Diamond sees me, everything goes wrong, Blue Diamond finds the crystal gems, everything goes to hell. Therefore, I literally cannot be in this situation because she says a really quick line that I'm trying to find that I wrote down. Um... She says, I saw her see me and find all of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I take that to be, if Garnet was there, a completely different well, timeline would have taken place. I, I think that's partially it, but I think also part of it is, um, I think she's got slightly blinders as to how she future visions about Blue Diamond, because that was her diamond. She views this as like the most powerful being possible that she could go up against. And I think there's a little bit of blinders on on predictions about that because it's a little I view it as being a little bit clouded by the fact that Blue Diamond is such this big imposing figure in her visions um I feel like she probably could have stopped to be like okay if I don't go and Steven goes what will happen but she didn't do that because she's too preoccupied on Oh goodness, Blue Diamond! Ah, can't can't go deal with Blue Diamond because everything will go bad. Ah, yeah. sort of shuts herself off a bit. I could see that. We also don't get the um, the correct inputs. You know, before we've talked about it being it's it's like, like a probability. Yeah. yeah, you need all the input information to get the right like outcome prediction. Yeah, but I think the Blue Diamond, Blue Diamond, has changed since. Pink Diamond was shattered, so her mm. reactions would be different. Because I think before Pink Diamond was shattered, she wouldn't have given a bloody anything. Oh, she'd have furiously, you know, hell-fired upon them. Exactly. Like, when she finds Greg mm. and she's like, oh, you're actually pretty good. Yeah, I'll preserve her legacy and, like, kind of... I think that's, yeah, that's interesting. It's She may be basing her predictions on a Blue Diamond that's not the Blue Diamond we see today. That's interesting. So I wonder if her kind of doom and gloom prediction was mm. wrong because she was going from thousands of years. I, I yeah. feel like that may be a part of it as well. So mm. it is an interesting thing. Like There's a lot to unpack with Garnet's response here. Um, so moving on a little bit. So Garnet says, Rose never wanted you to see this place. And Stephen has a very understandable reaction, which is, Rose wanted, what about what I want? And it's... It's it's important that we have this that Stephen has this conversation because this is a thing that the gems do a lot of, which is person who is no longer alive. We're going to defer to their judgment and do what they wanted, rather than 
human being that currently exists and is here and has to live with the ramifications of choices. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like Rose what? isn't alive anymore. She doesn't have to live with the consequence of these things. You do. And it's but, always the yeah. thing, like, the gems have always, always taught some, Stephen something that is very unhealthy, which is always put yourself second. Your judgment yeah. isn't as good as ours. Your fighting isn't as good as ours. Like, your judgment and all of these things, not as good yeah. as your mother's. It's, it's always, you are always second best. Like the song, um, Full Disclosure. Yeah. His feelings, his desires are secondary to what Rose would have wanted or what yeah. Rose would have thought or what Rose would have felt. And that's a really horrible shadow for Stephen to have to live in. Yeah, I think this moment is well-deserved because we've seen... It's been building up for a long time. We have seen so many times the gems have been patronising or protecting him from information that he wants to know. And so many times Stephen has ended up knowing... uh, Has ended up doing something that the gems didn't want him to do, but ended up being better. So I think he deserves that moment to be like, no, listen to me, this is what I deserve. Often things go worse because they don't talk to Steven. Yes. I did think a little bit here about, like, what if they were just open about this? Like, if Garnet had said, Blue Diamond has come to Earth, she is at the, the, the palanquin, we cannot go there because we cannot stand up to a diamond right now, we can wait... We can go look at this place after after Blue Diamond's gone. I can tell you what this place is. Like, um, you're probably crying because of Blue Diamond, but please don't go because we cannot take her on. I th- I feel like Stephen, given that kind of explanation, would have gone okay. Maybe we can go safely look from a distance. We can do this. We can do that. We cannot go interact with Blue Diamond. Yeah, it's a thing of you can't plan like a strategy until you know all of the relevant yeah. information, and that is why Stephen ends up going yeah. anyway and puts himself in blind danger. Stephen beats himself up over if I hadn't gone to Korea, if I hadn't done this, if I hadn't done that. You know, none of this, these bad things in this arc would have happened. If you'd been given the correct input data, you could have made a prediction and made correct output choices. Exactly. You can't do future vision, Stephen, without the right inputs. <laughs> it's just uh, what bugs me about it, because I'm just kind of like, it's the gems. They always, always underestimate Stephen yeah. and that he needs to know things. Like, he can't make these decisions safely without knowing all of the information. Yeah. Uh, Garnet continues trying to dissuade him from going. Uh... You can't go because I can't go with you. Um, this is something that, like, somehow it completely skipped over my head the first time I saw this episode. Uh, the whole fact that the reason why Garnet is so scared of Blue Diamond is the episode, the answer. Garnet is made of ruby and sapphire. They both had to stand up to Blue Diamond, who, you know, was threatening to shatter ruby. And yeah. Well, I think because yeah. they worked so close to Blue Diamond as well. I think they think that they maybe recognise. But the thing is, the Diamonds think so little of anyone below her. Like, she was just like, I never asked a Sapphire. Yes. yes. I I don't think... She definitely doesn't recognise that individual Sapphire and that individual Ruby, but Mm -hmm. she would definitely recognise Garnet. Yeah. Because Garnet is the one that fused in front of her, in front of the whole car. Although, you say, like... Garnet does look pretty different these days. I guess. This is true. I I think she'd recognise her. I think you're right. But, um, yeah, I do think that's interesting because, like, skipping forward a bit as to recognisability, Agate, toward the end of this batch, says something like, uh, here's your sapphire that went to go do this for you. And 
Blue Diamond responds, I didn't send a sapphire. It's the further up the hierarchy you are, the less individual like the less individuality you give to different classes of yeah, gems. Like Agate says like treats Sapphire as an individual because she's above her societally, whereas she's so far below a diamond that the diamond doesn't see her individuality. Yeah. This is reading a lot into something that could be just nothing. But she says she didn't send a sapphire. I'm thinking, does she now have multiple sapphires that work closer to her? Because the sapphire that she had, which is our sapphire, incorrectly predicted what would happen because they didn't well, have if, the right yeah. input. From the lyrics of What's the Use in Feeling Blue, my interpretation is that Blue Diamond does basically nothing but mourn. Yeah. Because it's, you know, sapphires can do this. There's nothing but mourn. Yeah, I think she's basically... Because <laughs> Yellow Diamond's argument in that song is basically, you have all these gems, do something. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, they. well, you've got to be a leader, Blue. Yeah, so I think... You can't just sit there and do nothing because these Blue people Diamond need doing, you. Doing I, I think that, like, while there are multiple sapphires in her that, you know, would be part of her army, I don't think she's making use of any of them. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's, I didn't ask a sapphire. There's a lot of sapphires I could ask, didn't ask any yeah, of them. Yeah, that's how I took it. Um, Garnet gives a little bit of a hint as to what's to come. I'm scared. I can't get near her. Um, at which point, Steve is just like, ah, he said her. Mystery. <laughs> Intrigue. I do love Garnet's line. She's like, ah, oh, shoot. Now I've made it more interesting. Yeah. Well, it's that's like, the I, thing. I, it's the little bit of information. So you're kind of like, oh, well, she said her. Who could her be? Yeah. So then he will. It will just trigger his curiosity more. I can't tell you why you can't go because then you'll want to go more. But now I want to go more. <laughs> I think it's it's Garnet's kind of like emotion overriding logic. She's yeah. like, just please don't go. Please don't go. Please don't go. That she just wants that to be the end of it. Uh, so I have a question here. Mm-hmm. Greg agrees to take Stephen to Korea. That's fine. Why, when Greg is a multi-millionaire, why do they get Andy to fly them in a tiny biplane that presumably has no food and or water and or bathroom my reading, all the way to Korea? My reading on the over rather, the side of the plane yeah, as the driver. Rather, rather than, you know, get a flight. I Korea's think, a long way away. I think Stephen has no passport because officially he doesn't exist. Like, I think he's not in the system <gasps> as being real. Holy crap! So I think he can't legally leave the country because he has no legal rights. I've never thought about so that. So I think he has to... Do you think he was here. maybe, like, he wasn't technically born? I think he's not been, like, registered on anything. Is Stephen Surely living off the grid? Been, yeah, I think That so. would explain why the government's never forced him to go to school. Because, <laughs> yeah, they don't know he exists. Yeah, they don't know he exists, so they've not been like, no, you've got to send your kid to school, you're yeah. not allowed to not school them. <gasps> Oh, I never realised Stephen <laughs> lived off the grid. It's implied that Rose and Greg didn't get married. So yeah. there's no marriage certificate. Rose never had to sign anything. Yeah. So I don't think there's a birth certificate. There's no record of Rose. <laughs> you you yeah, can't exactly just... go to the DMV and say that you're an alien. Yeah. I mean, did, did Rose you... go to hospital and like give birth with nurses and midwives and then they register a birth certificate? You can Stephen. register a baby it. after the birth, though. Yeah, but I just Greg don't... could be like... Do you think Greg would have done that? He might have. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, he didn't even know how to look after a baby when yeah, Simon was there's first born. There's no way that Greg, who like... You might have adjusted him when he was older, Greg though. Greg didn't even know whether babies glowed or not. He's not going to go down and register Greg's, a birth Greg's not in the situation where he's going to be like, hmm, if I go and get Stephen registered properly, I could apply for child tax credits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's do much paperwork. Also, like, if you registered it and they were like, where do you live? And he's like, oh, I live in a van. Yeah, <laughs> they're not going to let you keep your kid if no, you live in a van. Exactly. Or uh, I don't actually live with the kid. The kid lives with her three, with, with his three magical alien moms. Yeah, exactly. Who aren't actually registered anywhere, so he lives with no one. He lives in the shack on the beach in the mountain with alien ladies. Mm-hmm. I don't oh, know it makes so much sense. Why did I never think about yeah. Stephen not being documented? <laughs> that was my reading on it. That makes so Stephen's much sense. Stephen's an illegal alien. Kinda. Oh, that means Stephen will never get a, a, a driver's license. No. Oh, well, we know sad. he can drive, kind of. Kind of. Uses. Yeah. Um, so that explains why they fly the whole way to Korea in a biplane. Mm-hmm. Um... They go and have a bunch of fun in Korea. I'm sure a lot of this is references to things I do not know. I want to just quickly mention um, DeMeo, the last name that is Andy DeMeo and Greg used yeah. to be Greg DeMeo. It is the last name of the head animator of Steven Universe. Oh. Yeah, it's a His name's Nick DeMeo. I did not know that. I didn't References. until I listened to the podcast and I was like, holy shit, that's where DeMeo comes from. <laughs> so- yeah, I'm just sure this Korea montage has a bunch of references in it, like particularly the dress-up montage. I'm like, I don't know exactly what this is referencing, but I'm sure this has to be like probably like some K-pop bands that, or something. That was my reading a K-pop band. Because like band. Very the, the t-shirt outfit. with the word red on it. Uh, oh, I might Google and see if I can find out what that last one is. Red K-pop. Can I find out what that is through a quick Google search? See, the one that's very obvious is they obviously go to the animation studio where they animate Steven Universe. Yeah. You see the animation set And, and Greg, Greg has to very quickly rush him. On, <laughs> it's like, oh, oh God, we weren't supposed to be here. It's kind of so, bizarre fourth wall. I guess yeah. it's animated in Korea. Yeah. That's going to be very weird for who, whichever Korean animator had to animate the Korean animation yeah, studio Yeah, without animating themselves? I, I wonder. Um... So Red does seem to be the name of a K-pop band, I think. Okay. Red with an exclamation mark, it was. Uh, Red with an exclamation mark. Let's try that. I'm pretty sure it's an all-female K-pop band. I think maybe. Uh, there's a there's a Korean there's a K-pop band called Red Velvet, which seems to maybe be the band. Okay. I don't know. We'll assume it's We're, we're going to assume. If you know what any of the things in the fashion montage were, let us know in the comments. Um, what do we have? Okay, so they start walking up a hill and Stephen is awake but crying uncontrollably, which means Stephen can do his whole, like, empathy projection thing while awake to a degree. The way that I saw this out is remember that when we see Blue Diamond in the future, she projects her sadness out and Lars cries as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I think it's... I, I took this not so much to be that Stephen can empathise with Blue Gems entirely, but, but that Blue Lars Diamond doesn't. doesn't. No, oh, his okay. head's in a bubble. Yeah, oh, you're right. and Greg yeah. doesn't cry on the way up the hill. Okay, I think Blue Diamond can project her emotional state into gems. I don't know, because Pearl, her Pearl doesn't get affected. And Greg doesn't get affected, and Lars doesn't get affected. Okay, maybe not Hume. I think... Okay. What about her Pearl? I think her her Pearl looks... What about Yellow Diamond? Her Pearl looks miserable. She's not screaming tears, though. 
I'm standing and by what about the right. yellow diamond and yellow diamonds? Because pearl? yellow diamond's so powerful. She's what about yellow, yellow diamonds pearl? pearl? Well, maybe she's used to it. Nia, yeah, there are she's many flaws in your plan. You are welcome to hold your theory, but yes, we will point out our disagreements for this. Yellow pearl is depressed on the inside and puts on a flippant exterior to hide it. That's what I'm sticking by. Uh, so they reach a fence with a keep out sign, and Greg comments that it feels familiar. Presumably this is a reference to the fence with the keep yeah, outside. Yeah, it even has the please. Yeah, that used to be in, on the beach in, like before getting into the, the temple. Yeah, so the please presumably is Pearl again. Yeah. Uh, Stephen accidentally stumbles up, uh, upon the blue palanquin and not the pink. He sort of talks about, like, this is definitely the thing, but it's repaired and it's not the right colour... But it is the thing I saw. Yeah, he doesn't kind of catch on. This is a different thing yeah. than what you saw. Well, considering he's never seen one before and it's where he's expecting it to be, it's not a ridiculous oh, it makes, thing. It makes sense. I, I certainly would come up with that conclusion. Um, so, Blue Diamond and her pearl are at the pink palanquin. She's crying. She keeps very softly and quite upsettingly just saying sorry on repeat. Like, it's quite hard to listen to Blue yeah. Diamond's just, like, Repeated sorry. She's very clearly talking like to herself and the memory of Pink. She's not yeah. actually speaking to anybody else. She's sort of mumbling, like verbalizing her own thoughts. I yes. guess. Um, there is something Blue says that I think is really telling, because this plays into a theory I'm going to talk about later. Yellow says it'll all be over soon. Mm-hmm. This plays into my theory that Yellow Diamond can erase memories. Oh, okay. Have I told talked to no, you about no. this theory before? I've not come across this. Okay, a quick primer. Yellow says it'll all be over soon. In What's the Use in Feeling Blue, there's a couple of lines about, uh, wouldn't you rather forget all of this, um, about just like completely forgetting things. And in the human zoo, um, when all of the humans are upset, they reach up to the sky and ask for the pain to be taken away. I think all three of them are references to Yellow Diamond being able to take away sad memories. Okay, that's interesting. So, my theory is that she, like, if permitted to, if people, like, ask her to, Mm. she can take away, like, negative memories from people. Okay. Um, Intriguing. I, I also have a bit that plays into this, which is, if Yellow can, to some degree, erase memories, might that play into the mystery of who killed Pink Diamond? Because if there were any witnesses that definitely yeah. saw it wasn't Rose, memory erasal. Okay. So I like this. Yeah. This is a new theory to add so, to, yeah, the, add the, to the board of. Uh, there might be a couple of other bits. If anything else comes up, I'll mention it when we get to it. But Yellow says it'll all be over soon. I think is as if Blue Diamond agrees. Yellow is going to take away this sad memory from her, okay. so that she can move on. Alternatively, I yeah. have a different theory. Um, so Blue Diamond says, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. So mm-hmm. I took that to be potentially more evidence that Blue Diamond did it. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I, my reading on Blue Diamond's I'm sorry, I'm so sorry is more that... I know I personally apologise for things that are not my fault and I could not have done anything about because I feel bad. I think, as viewers, that's how we're supposed to see this scene. But I wonder if, in hindsight, we're going to look back and be like, oh, yeah. it was actually that she was saying sorry because it was her fault. Also, on that note, Mia... Mm. Um, crap, what was I saying? <laughs> I've had the thought, like... 
come and disappear like three times and I can't remember what it is now. About Blue Diamond and what she was saying. She's yeah. saying sorry. She's kind of grieving. And That could be I why mean, she won't let, um, if Yellow Diamond can erase memories. Yeah. That could be why she won't let her because then Yellow Diamond would look into her memories and <gasps> see that she shattered pink. Mm. Yeah. I, I feel like there are definitely some things here like I think, let's say hypothetically Blue did shatter pink, mm. there might be a certain degree of if I forget her, then the, the truth of what happened to her dies with her. It explains in the trial when that eventually happens why she's so adamant of like, no, she was killed with a sword, like this is what happened, because she knows what happened. Yeah. And she's like, no, don't get the details of her death wrong. Like, I, I, yeah, that was how I saw the bit with the, the saw yeah. line. I think she knows. Mm-hmm. I, okay, so there's a few things. Um, so Stephen was dreaming through Blue Diamond's eyes, cried her tears, da 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 da, we worked that out. Um, Greg plays the oblivious human distraction so that Stephen can stay hidden. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do quite like how he acts as oblivious human, just like, hello! <laughs> yes, I am from here. How are you? Yeah, I mean, it, it works because Blue Diamond has such an incredibly low opinion of the intelligence yeah, of humans. Yeah, that his poor acting doesn't come off as poor acting because she's that's just how she views yeah, humans. Yeah. And yet she views them better than Blue Agate does. Because yes, Blue Agate's just true. like, oh, them and their silly noises. At, at, least she, at least Blue Diamond acknowledges that humans can be understood. Yeah. And I feel like the difference is... Blue Agate looks down on humans because they're societally much lower. She doesn't have any reason to view them positively. Blue Diamond, on the other hand, looks up to Pink and is like, hey, humans, you thought they were really special, you wanted to preserve them, and as such, I'll take the time to understand why. And that's that's... why she's like, I see you as lower life forms, but you are understandable. Mm, That's how I saw it. It's it's because of her love of Pink Diamond that she kind of... Yeah. Also, on top of that, I'm suddenly realising there's a lot of parallels between the way that the three crystal gems act about uh, Rose and the way that the diamonds we've seen so far act about Pink Diamond. I never thought of that. That's a no, really good point. in that there's a lot of like, this is what Pink Diamond would have wanted. I want to continue. I want to continue Pink's legacy, even though Pink is gone and no longer a part of the 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 quad of people. They still kind of follow the lead yeah. of the one left behind, That's who is Pink. Time. That's a very good point. So, I don't know if there's any significance to that. Um, I do think it is kind of admirable and cool that Greg steps in. Because I think yeah. if Stephen did his, what he did with Peridot, where he steps out and goes, hello, I think with the gem on his belly, that would have gone in a very different direction. Only if anyone had seen it. Well, was it on show? I can't I think remember. he had a t-shirt over it, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was just his regular t-shirt. Okay. Yeah. So even though she does like acknowledge she can understand Greg, Blue Diamond does refer to Greg as it. She's mm-hmm. like, bring it here. Yeah, she talks not really talks over him, but more talks around him, like ignores yeah. what he's saying. And until he sort of empathizes emotionally with her and she's like, Oh Yeah, like pleasant surprise. Oh yeah. you can, you know, have complicated emotions. Yeah. So Oh yeah. Doesn't Blue Diamond suggest that Pink Diamond was shattered where her palanquin is? She explicitly says it. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, She explicitly says at around this point, this is where this is where Pink Diamond was shattered, and we do know from previous episodes, um, Pink Diamond was shattered as she was stepping out of her palanquin 
Uh, it might have been past episodes, it might have been the trial, but um, yeah. at some point we know that Pink was stepping out of her palanquin, presumably here in Korea, on Earth, when she was shattered. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to pull up a little bit of transcript here. I'm just I'm... kind of like, where the would the gens have been in Korea? Uh, it's thousands of years yeah. ago. It's Gen well, Gemma. we've seen we've seen like there were plans to build structures in a bunch mm. of uh, places across the globe. There yeah. were warps to a bunch of places in the globe. It seems like it was a fairly international. Keep in mind war. that this is pre- even pre amethyst. Like no. this is a thousand <laughs> years ago. Okay. So I've I've pulled up a transcript of something I thought was really sweet, which is um, Greg's sort of emotional speech of like you know were you were you close. Uh, I had it up, and apparently I'd scrolled down slightly uh, past it. Um, where is it? Where is it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, were you close? I'm awfully sorry. I know how hard it is to move on when you've lost someone. I lost someone very important to me too. I miss her every single day, and I think about her all the time. But she's never coming back. That feeling can be so hard to be okay with. Um... It's a very honest way to talk about loss and mourning. And, like, it, I'm really glad that something like that exists in a kid's show where it's like, hey, you're going to think about someone when they're gone a lot. And, it, you know, it's okay that it's really hard to live with that. Yeah, I do like that it specifically says, like, um, it's not, oh, the feeling fades away. It's that you live with the yeah, feeling. Yeah, you have to you learn have to how to carry that it. feeling with you. Yeah, you'll yeah. always miss them. Well, loss is especially different when you're a kid because it's, a lot harder to kind of understand, I think. Yeah. You've not really had your own realisations about death being a thing. Yeah. And then suddenly so you've got to deal with someone else's. That can be quite tough. Mm. Like, I've had family members and stuff that died when I was a kid. And I remember the thing that I really struggled with was that they actually were gone. Because I kept just expecting them to kind of be there. Yeah. Yeah. And it was... So it's, it's nice to see it depicted when it's like yeah you will miss them you will think about them yeah. but you have to be okay with that it, feeling yeah, it's not about moving past the feeling it's about learning over time to be okay with it yeah um, it's not denial yeah and and blue definitely seems a bit shocked by this level mm. of human comprehension um she still thinks the cluster room is is like preparing to mm-hmm. emerge um yeah we see a couple of nerds in this act don't we that the diamonds are like, well, the clusters in the planet, it's going to well, blow up soon. That's, that's nice because it does give us confirmation that, like, the diamonds never picked up on the deactivation of the cluster. Yes, they're not and that's aware. probably why they're overlooking Earth quite a lot. I, I was like, as I was watching this bit, I was like, I wonder what would happen if Greg was like, oh, we defuse the cluster, that's not blowing up anymore. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they might be like, wait, what? what? Yeah. what? Uh, <laughs> how do you know that word? Um,. Blue believes the cluster still remains, so she takes Greg to put in a human zoo to protect Pink's legacy, because, oh no, there's not much time to collect specimens left. Yeah, it's like, oh, you'll all be dead soon, so... Um, I think it's really interesting, Blue's not the only one who tries to preserve humans here, because at the end of the episode, we get, like, Yellow being like, has the cluster emerged yet? Okay, there's still time. I have a math use about that Yeah, which I think is foreshadowing (laughs) to the are you my mother, uh, are you my dad? arc where like I think that's foreshadowing when Lars and Sadie and Onion and everyone get kidnapped is because you know Yellow Diamond probably sent um, the blue pixie thing Mm. uh, to go Aquamarine yeah Aquamarine 
I, I reckon Yellow sent Aquamarine to go and basically just go get some more humans. Keep keep Blue happy. Okay, interesting. That's, that's I like that. I know I'm jumping ahead slightly. I'm sh- if you've no, got theories, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Steven leaps to try and rescue Greg, but he's too late. The blast of the arm flying off into space knocks him back. Greg is taken. Everything's very sad. Garnet turns up to catch Steven. Presumably because she foresaw him falling here? Yeah, I don't know. I tell this is kind of like... Maybe she was there watching just from way further like, away. Yeah, Garnet was like, I'm back as far as I can. And as soon as Blue Diamond is gone, Garnet's like, okay, now I can enter. Now yeah. I'm not going to cause this bad thing to happen. She, she turns up, she's crying. She's sorry that her sort of fears led to Greg being kidnapped. Uh, she talks about she was she was scared, but now she definitely, like... Once Blue is gone and she realises, like, my inaction caused Greg to be kidnapped, I think that's why she turns from scared to defiant and she's like, nope, gonna go fuck shit up. Yeah, we're off to space. We're off to space now. Uh, anything else on 114? My last note is just, bish took Greg. Bish took Greg, in- Greg mm-hmm. indeed. Greg. <laughs> um, right, so next up is episode 115, Adventures in Light Distortion, which I have one minor anecdote before we talk about this. Uh, I took a photo of us projecting this episode up on the wall and put it on Twitter, and people pointed out we were using a projector to put it on the wall. A projector distorts light. Ha! And it was the episode fitting. Adventures in Light Distortion. Very fitting. It's like, ha, oh, how fitting. Um, it- <coughs> oh, dear. <coughs> Sorry. It's got a bit of a cough there. Um... Stephen gets back. The gems are all very sorry. They hid things from him. This is the moment where I wonder, did Pearl know about the palanquin? Because Pearl does a lot of apologising for not... for hiding things from him, for Mm. not telling him things. Which, this is the moment where I'm like, I maybe feel like Pearl knew. Yeah, I think she knew. The person whose reaction I actually found most interesting was Amethyst. Yeah. Because when they talk about Blue Diamond, Amethyst kind of, eh... Because obviously Amethyst has no reference to Blue Diamond. She's not afraid of Blue Diamond. Yeah. But it's when they mention that Greg was taken, that's when Amethyst kind of panics. Because obviously Amethyst cares about Greg. Yeah. You can see that even Pearl does, though, because Pearl goes, Our Greg! Yeah. <laughs> Amethyst turn into a chair. I think I need to sit down. Yeah. Like, one thing that I have written down is Pearl is so shocked that she encourages shape-shifting. <gasps> yeah. yeah. Like, normally this she's is, quite against it's it. It's so unlike Pearl. And, like, Pearl puts up such a face of, I don't care about Greg. But she clearly cares yeah. about Greg. Um... Stephen is just panicked and he wants to save his dad. He doesn't care that he's had things hidden from him right now. It's like, we've got to go get my dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, One thing I want to say just about like Amethyst being totally clueless as well, I really like it because it means that Stephen isn't the only one in the dark about a lot of these things. It means Amethyst, even though she has been with them a heck of a long time, they haven't talked to Amethyst about what happened before yeah, either. I do wonder if it's kind of a... Uh... Not to make a unintended reference, but don't talk about the war. Kind of I, like, did, I, I did once, but I think I got away with that. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, I wonder if that, that's, you know, while Amethyst was in her little toddler form yeah. and everything, was like, we just don't talk about it. We just 
You know, that was a past. Yeah, that she was missed horrible. it. That's good yeah. for her. Like, let's just keep yeah. it Which again well. ties into why Rose wouldn't have talked about it with Greg. Yeah. Maybe it's something they all just agreed, like, no, we don't talk about that. It was horrible. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, a weapon was launched that, like, destroyed most of our friends and turned Massive into gem genocide happened. <laughs> yeah, you probably don't want to sit around and chat about that. Uh, Pink Diamond, it turns out, has a human's or had a human zoo. Mm-hmm. Um, they were. I think it's Garnet that refers to them as trophies of her conquest. I don't view it that way. No, I, I think she's got that wrong. I feel like they were her attempt at conservation because to some degree she felt bad about what she was doing in terms yeah. of destroying Earth. Which ties into the theory I have uh, that described she... to before that Pink Diamond actually supported the Crystal Gems. Yeah. And I that, think Pink Diamond was good, and that she was she was killed by one of the other diamonds yeah, to yep. you know give a reason to get the homeworld to turn on the crystal gems. I think like Pink Diamond may have even told Rose yeah. to rebel. Pink Diamond may be the start of the crystal gems. It, there's a lot of possibilities there, but um, they decide to fly the ruby ship to the human zoo. Oh, I do want to quickly say. I like the very teasing line when Pearl almost reveals whose Pearl she was. When she says, uh, when I still served Homeworld, I like, we that. almost get her saying who she served specifically. Yeah. And it's, then she I think it's, it's going to be pink or white. <laughs> yeah. Like, white would... I feel like it's white, because that's probably why it's not. she's not brought it up, because, is because not we've not discussed white diamond. Yeah, I think when white diamond comes up, that's when pearl will come that's up. That's what I think. Yeah. Um... Stephen asks Connie to protect Beach City while he's gone, foreshadowing the episode New Crystal Gems. Yes. Uh, on top of this, uh, Garnet says to Lapis and Peridot that they should protect Beach City, putting them also in position for that episode. I'm looking I, forward to that episode. I really like that foreshadowing of, like, I'd completely overlooked the fact that that episode doesn't come out of nowhere. Actively, all three characters are told mm. by someone protect Beach City yeah. while we're gone. And specifically it's, given the responsibility. Yeah. And it's done in such a sort of like small nonchalant way that if you don't know that episode's coming up, it just seems like a really yeah. throwaway line. Yeah. Um, the As they're flying the ship into space, they crash into the rubies that are still floating around in the atmosphere. Stephen promises to pick them up on the way home. Do they? Does that happen? I don't remember no. what happens to the rubies. I assume they don't get picked up on the way home. One of them ends up back on Earth. I can't even remember how. Oh yeah, the 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 very soft spoken yeah. one that she ultimately isn't. betrays them. Yeah. yeah, she ends um, up back on Earth. I can't remember how. Eyeball, eyeball ends up at Homeworld. Yes, because she's in the trial. Yeah, so presumably they just kind of kept drifting off, and we. <laughs> Yeah. You know, Stephen forgot his promise to go, come back and get them. Did Aquamarine grab them, maybe? Possibly. On her way back. Uh, it would take 70 years to get there. Um, lots of gags about, like, ah, oh, 110th birthday it, for Greg. Pearl, once again, having no concept of mortality of humans. Because yeah. she did that before when she took Stephen to space. And did you see them putting any food on board that ship? No, Stephen would have starved to death. Unless he doesn't need to eat food, which uh, is a theory sure. we've had before. He wants to, but doesn't need yeah, to. Maybe. Um, I'm getting a bun. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Retta made some cakes because it was my birthday yesterday. Are you having, having a big fat cake? Um, so Stephen, in order to not take 70 years, takes a risk and without, without asking the gems first, activates the gravity engine. 
even knowing it might squash him into a pancake of skin and bone. That would have been a dark end to the series. Yeah, Steven Universe just ends when Steven is, like, squashed into a pancake. Mm-hmm. It's just like a, a pool on the floor. The end. Bones are gross. <laughs> What's gross? Bones are gross. Bones are kind of gross. Buns, the ones you're eating. Bones. Oh, bones. You were eating a bun, and I thought you were on about your buns. I was like, no, they're tasty. (laughs) Don't put yourself down, (laughs) Meta. You You did a good job. You made some tasty cakes. It would have been odd for you to say that, like, yeah, buns are gross. (laughs) (laughs) I was was confused. Um, So the gems all end up looking like rubies, because the gravity warp was... As best I can understand it, calibrated for rubies so that rubies wouldn't lose their shape mm-hmm. when gravity warping was yeah, happening. Yeah, because I took this to be the way the gems have their forms, they adapt to the gravity of the planet that yeah. they're put on, which makes sense because they didn't change size when they went to the moon. So presumably, well, they, they said on the moon that they're built inbuilt with things that change gravity for when they yeah. take over other planets. So presumably, because this thing's warping gravity, it's like okay. Your shape's going to distort slightly when we do this. This will keep you in the shape you're meant to be, which is ruby-shaped. Yeah. But obviously they're not rubies, so they all look quite silly. Yeah, Pearl looks the best. Kind of <laughs> for, like, squashed, like, chibi mode. <laughs> I, um, I like that we get this levity, because by the end of this episode, things get pretty dark <laughs> pretty yeah. quick. Um, I have to say really fast... I think that Amethyst loves that because she, for once, is the same height as everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> she does enjoy being, um, what's it, Tiger Cub? Yeah. Like she shows to a different time. Puma Cub. Oh, pu- yeah. Puma Cub, yeah. Yeah, purple uh, Puma purple. can increase in size. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they end up going through, like, ah, oh, silly comedic montage. They're tiny babies. They're huge giants. They're diamond size. They've got long necks and limbs. Diamond size. That made me wonder if they have often have diamonds in the ship. I think it's more that this is a system that's um, installed by default on all ships. All mm. ships I don't have, think yeah. many diamonds are crawling inside a ruby ship. Yes, but uh, yeah, it's probably a one-size-fits-all console for yeah. like ships. Um, Stephen accidentally activates some kind of mega speed mode, at which point the gems disappear. FTL. Yep, yeah, FTL. Basically. Faster than light, the stones are still there, but the light projections are lagging behind. Stephen's just like, where the heck did you go? Um, He comments on, like, Amethyst is usually back by now, which means he's obviously assumed that they've poofed, which is an understandable, you know, interpretation. Well, they said that gravity might squash him into a skin and bone pancake. I think he kind of thought the same for them as well. I do wonder if by the end he thinks they may have been cracked. Yeah. Or just or shattered entirely. But doesn't That's he just, say, are he, you guys cracked? Yeah, yeah. he does actually, yeah. So I think he's like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I'm on my own now. At this point, everything gets very dark very quick. Um, the music goes very sort of off-key, mm-hmm. um, like string instruments. The screen goes anag- uh, like an- anaglyph 3D, I think. The sort of uh, red and blue glasses yeah. 3D. Uh, everything looks like it's very shaky, everything's distorted, there's two of everything slightly offset. I do want to try watching this episode with red and blue 3D glasses. I'd love to see 3D Steven Universe. Um, yeah, he's going so fast he can't move out of the chair, he's just like pushed back into the seat. He needs to stop the ship or he's going to crash, uh... The sound and visuals are all distressing. It's probably, like, the most disturbing moment in the series. Yeah, like, it's just Stephen very upset and everything coding that very upsettingly. Yeah. 
Um, Whenever Stephen's in trouble, he always wants his dad. Yeah, because yeah, that's the thing. He he basically kind of like descends into just being the scared kid. All the bravado is gone, and he's just calling yeah. out for Greg. I yeah. just think it's kind of amazing because obviously, like Greg is is just human. Like he doesn't have any kind of special power other than he is his dad. And yeah. I think that's really it's... fucking adorable that regardless what level of trouble he is in, like he thinks he's gonna crash and die here and the f- he's just like I want my dad yeah because he loves yeah. Greg and that's just adorable it is adorable I think um, it's easy to forget that Stephen is a kid yeah this is exactly what I was going to say about this transcript is I have the the transcript up of this sort of him monologuing about wanting his dad and it does just it does just scream scared child that doesn't know what to do and is panicking and wants an adult to fix things because adults know what to do yeah. um it isn't going to stop. There's no fixing this. It's all my fault. I rushed us. I pushed us. He starts to cry into making stupid mistakes. I didn't. It didn't have to be this way. I didn't have to, to not listen to Garnet. I didn't have to go to Korea. Dad, I didn't have to get you taken away forever by Blue Diamond. I wasn't trying to be selfish. I just wanted you to know what... I just wanted to know what was going on for myself for once. But now I lost everyone. Dad, Dad, I want my dad. I just want my dad. Oh. It's, it is really just emotionally just a child scared, sad, wanting to be rescued. I think he's the most vulnerable we ever see, Stephen. Yeah, honestly, it makes me want to reach in and just hug him. You I'm look like you're on the verge of tears. It's just the reminder, like it's it's very similar to for for me to when Connie has her whole like I accidentally flipped a kid over and broke his arm. It's seeing the moments of yeah, these kids are training for a war and are good at that, but. They're still kids, and sometimes yeah. they will do things like reacting in the wrong way based on like being on edge because you, you know, drilled into them that like fighting's going to happen anytime, or they might get scared and sad because they're alone and scared and don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. They are still kids. Yeah. Most children do not have to pilot spaceships by themselves. Yeah, that's a bit. It's not a normal part of. Okay. I never had to do that. Really? Just yeah. me then? Ah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Stephen eventually, like, pushes forward, presses the button, the ship stops, the gems catch up with the ship. Stephen is sorry that he almost ruined everything. Uh, Garnet thankfully calms him down a bit. You didn't kidnap Greg, Blue Diamond did, so, like, hey, don't put the blame on yourself. Someone else did the thing that was bad, you tried to stop them. Mm-hmm. What you did got us here and only 70 years ahead of schedule... She shifts the blame away from him and praises him for what he is doing correctly. Yeah. Which is amazing because that's that is what Stephen has needed from the very beginning. Yeah. Which is don't blame yourself for the mistakes of others. Look at the ways that you are doing really good things to fix those mistakes mm-hmm. that other people have made. I kind of see it in a way that they have grown as parents, the Crystal Gems. Because they are realising the things that they were doing wrong, especially when Stephen suddenly kind of just snaps at them because it's kind of like he will put up with a lot because I think he also feels sorry for him and he's kind of like oh well you know I'm not necessarily like your kid and I have all this stuff going on I know that I'm a liability and all these things so he puts them first a lot of the time but when he finally snaps they're kind of like oh gosh we must have really like ducked this up for us to uh, have Stephen having a go at us right now And I th- it kind of just shows that they've learned from their mistakes in the past. Yeah, I agree. Agreed. Um, so yeah, anything else on this episode before we move on? 
Did anyone else notice that the, the human zoo looks sword shaped? It looks like a pink sword. Maybe. I've, okay. I never saw it that way. I, I was trying to work out what shape it looked like. But it I looks can like see a that. sword. It goes up at the top and thinner like a handle. Is that what's meant by a sword killed pink diamond? And it it's was actually the zoo. It's, it's the person inside the zoo, which is Blue Diamond. Ooh. Blue Diamond did it because the, the, the person in the yeah, sword yeah. did it. That's fine. I'm putting it on the note board. Someone <laughs> look up the pink diamond human zoo. Look I'll, I'll, human I'll trust zoo. you. I'm picturing it now and it does look in my head kind of vaguely like a sword, maybe. I, I couldn't figure it out. I looked at it and was like, oh, it's a. It's diamond a, it's, thing. A, it's a shape thing. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I just thought it looked like a sword with it yeah, being pink I, I, as well. Like it reminds me of Rose's mm, sword. I'm definitely going to look out for that on next viewing now. Uh, anything else? That was everything I had. Okay, yeah. so next up we have episode 116, Gem Heist. Uh, apologies in advance if our audio volume sound any different for this episode. Uh, We've switched around in between episodes where we're sat so we should all be fine but if there's a like audio quality change that just happened ooh the ghosts moved us around (laughs) I would hope people are kind of used to that by now like between episodes we're often like oh a day has just passed yeah. It's like, oh, Retta has it's, disappeared. It's a pretty lengthy show and we have lives to live, so sometimes just things happen mm-hmm. midway through going like this two and a half hour show. <laughs> um, so we, we get to the, the, the human zoo. Um, there are amethyst guards at the human zoo base who are much more jasper-sized than we're used to yeah, seeing amethyst. The, these, this is what um, amethyst was supposed to look like. Basically a purple jasper. Yeah, she's like twice the height. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Garnet unfuses, um, because basically they're like, how are we going to get in here? We won't stand out if we play the roles we were made for. I love that they mm. unfuse holding hands. I know. That it's it's really sweet. I'm just like, oh my god, I love you both so much. I, I wrote that line down because I've been thinking about this line a lot since uh, making the notes for this episode. It is really depressing and sad because it's you could very much apply that sentiment to LGBT people in the yeah. closet. Yeah, I just, I, just, I knew that's yeah, what you were going It's like, hey, kind of... if you be what society expects you to be, no one will cause you problems. <laughs> Which is true. Yeah. I could have had a considerably easier life had I not transitioned. It's, it's that whole just like, just, just fit in. Everything will be fine. Yep. Just fit yeah. in. And ultimately, like the solution at the end of the episode, at the end of this arc of episodes, is no, don't be what society told you to be. Garnet, fuse back together and be strong enough to exactly. fight off Agate. Pearl, don't be demure and quiet. Do a badass speech, putting Agate in her place. Be yourselves. Yeah, be gay. Yeah, be gay. Everyone be gay. That's the message of this show. Yes. It's also the whole thing of they are stronger when they are not in their assigned roles. Exactly. Um. Sapphire and Ruby. Um, Sapphire is basically going to be here on a diplomatic mission with her Ruby guard and her personal servant Pearl. My brain told me you were going to say with her Ruby girlfriend. And I'm I like, wish. that is, but I don't think that's what she is portraying in this uh, instance. Stephen. <laughs> Stephen will be the human prisoner, Esteban Universidad. <laughs> like, even with how serious the situation was. Yeah. Situation is Stephen still wants to kind of yeah. reject. You, you gotta Esteban. You gotta Esteban it. Mm. 
Um, He's such a goofball. Amethyst will be their muscle. Uh, it's like it's a decent plan they've got. Yeah, I like that we see Sapphire slipping into a leadership role. Yeah. Because obviously we see Garnet have a leadership role. So it's yeah. like, is that coming from Sapphire? Is I feel like it is. Her? Like the the knowledge of plans is from Sapphire, and the impetus to confidently do it is from Ruby. And I've mentioned this line before, one of my favourite lines in the series, where they basically say, like, yes. okay, is, is this plan going to work? No. no. <laughs> I'm just like, Sapphire is way too honest there. Well, she's like, no, I love that she's like, no, it's not going to work, but let's stick together and change yeah. the future. Yeah. She's like, it's my so- prediction says no, but the, clearly Ruby has shown me that the, the universe is not a fixed thing. So let's just do it. It'll be fine. I, I just love it. I love the optimistic idea of like, yeah. we need this to work. It's not going to, yeah. we'll, we'll do it anyway. It's also the complete opposite of what Garnet did a couple of episodes ago, where she saw the future and assumed it couldn't be changed. Unfusing, taking the Ruby out of the equation, Sapphire's like, no, the future mm. is changeable because Ruby changed it. I think some of the fear of, oh no, scary things may have come from Ruby being like, Sapphire knows the future and she saw this, so it's, ah, it's going to go bad. That makes sense, because we have... With Ruby and Sapphire, it's very much, Ruby is emotion, Sapphire is logic. Yeah. Um, Agate is furious about the Amethysts being jokers. They initially sort of joke about, like, oh, no, we've got too many humans going out the air. I wrote wrote down, Amethysts are jokey assholes. Yeah. Which is just all of the Amethysts. This is such a surprise. We never knew that Amethysts could be like that. It's something from this arc that I really, really like, is that Amethyst, our Amethyst, is always, like, the odd one out. Mm. But here she fits in perfectly because they're all goofballs. She's always been convinced she isn't, what she was meant to be, but now she's like, no, amethyst. I am an amethyst. <laughs> clearly, amethysts mm-hmm. are like me. I, love I feel like she probably has more of a sense of family thanks to that. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amethyst well, for life. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, did anyone notice I keep calling agate holly blue? Is that yeah. a type of agate? Yes, it is. A uh, holly blue agate. Is the like the, the the holly is part of the the name of the agate? It's holly blue agate. So that's really cool. Kind of like um, rose quartz being the yeah, in the color it's, rose. It's that's a, what I figured it yeah. was, but I was just like, I've never actually heard of it. So I'm yeah. just like, it holly sounds a lot it. like a human name yeah. to put into a gemstone. It's, name. Another, uh, it's a bit of putting, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do like the design of. The Aka. It's very kind of like headmistress and nature. Yeah. I also like the, the hair though. It reminds me of like the anime wigs you can get that have like the little ears built in sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I just, I like it because she does have the look of like a mature woman kind of like Definitely. Very matronly. It's yeah. un- unruly amethyst children that she's kind of like trying to get into shape. Even so, even with her sort of head teacherly role, like she still is very sort of subservient to Sapphire. Like mm-hmm. she's very sort of like, forgive us your clarity which i assume your clarity is like the emotional opposite of you clod oh it's like yes. you you piece of dirt or you very clear gemstone yeah well, yeah that um, sense. that's how they well, kind it, of measure well that's how you measure the um, worth of a gem the worth of an actual gem mm. like in our dimension that's, and that's not fine. In the if, universe pe- if people decide that our podcast is good we can change from being the crystal clodcast to the crystal clarity cast i like it <laughs> Because um, we make everything crystal clear. 
Oh. Ha-ha! Agate insists that she can't understand what Stephen is saying. Is this a, is this her assuming that they're so lonely that they're incapable of thought? That's how I read it. Yeah. I mean, there's two obvious ways to read it. Either, like, she literally cannot understand Stephen. Which I don't believe. I, nah. It's just that she has such a lowly opinion of humans. It's just yeah. like, oh, like, humans, back, back. Just with bark, the silly noises. Bark, 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 She's bark. like, oh, it's squeaking again. It's just like, don't be a dick, mm. okay? Yeah. Um, so Agate does a lot of sucking up to Sapphire, which is interesting because this is the first time we've really seen Sapphires in positions of control and power because previously the only time we've seen Sapphire in a societal position, it's been subservient to diamonds. Yeah, because we, we obviously had the implication that Sapphire yeah. is very high up, which is from how Ruby um, talked about yes. Sapphire in the past, but we, we've never seen it interact with other gems. Yes. Well, we saw Sapphire interact with Diamond in the flashback. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was saying. Yeah. yeah, sorry. I dazed, I dazed for a second, and then when I got back and you said you didn't see her <laughs> yeah. interact with other gems, I was like, no, wait, this is what we're saying. It's, she's subservient to, di- uh, to Blue Diamond, but she is above Agate. Um, mm. it's, it's, it's interesting as well, because usually we associate the importance of diamonds based on their size. Like, typically the bigger a gem is, the more important they are. Which to see Agate being sort of like sucking up to Sapphire, who's tiny, is like, oh, okay, you're very powerful and special then. Yeah. Yeah, it is cool because obviously Ruby and Sapphire are the same size but have very different um, class positions. I forgot English. (laughs) Societal roles. Yes. Um, Yes. Sapphire convinces Agate to take them on a tour so that they can go sneak around the base. Uh, Amethyst has to wait outside and guard the door, which is our nice sort of lead into how she ends up chatting with the, the Amethyst. Yeah, she looks very nervous. I would love to have seen what happened. Yeah, yeah sort of... I want to see the behind the scenes there. Like, how did Amethyst, like, did she accidentally unstretch or something? And that's how the others were kind of like, they're yeah, fucking... Yeah, because she's shifted when we see her next. Yeah. So. Um, does your pearl always walk next to you? <laughs> Oh, they really are servant class. Yeah, they really kind of... Servants slash handmaids. Like, you have to be behind the important people. Yes, walk behind us. Um, Which is kind of stupid, because they have to, like, open the doors and things. Well, you only walk in front when you have a job to do, not... You know, you don't walk alongside them like you're equal to them. Oh, the very thought. Oh, the very thought, dear. (laughs) Why make Mia walk behind me? (laughs) True. <laughs> uh, um, Blue Diamond took over this base at the dawn of Era Two, which I assume is the death of Pink Diamond. I agree. Well, I wonder is is it the death of Pink Diamond or, or is, it, the, is it the end of the Gem War? Well, mm. Era Two, um, um, Peridot is yes. an Era Two. Peridot. We have heard Era Two used before. Yeah, it's it's got to be either the death of Pink Diamond or the end of the Gem War on Earth. Because we've seen there is two very different types of gem technology. There's what Peridot classes as the very old technology, which is more kind of like stony. Mm. Um, and then we see the kind of modern gem technology, which is more like glass. Yeah. Because So I took it to be it's... like the end of the gem war. God, you, you see, Sorry, you I got very really excited. excited. I just realised the difference <laughs> between stone technology and glass technology or... Maybe it's not glass, maybe it's uh, refined crystal or something. Yeah. Is that you're going from unrefined minerals to refined minerals. <laughs> the technology gets more refined. I, I yeah. 
<laughs> I get it. Sorry, I got really excited about that. Maybe the ships are made from the uh, shattered gems. Oh, oh god. Is that what? Do they harvest the kind of um, defects and off colours to turn them into things? Da, da, da. <laughs> um, huma- humans apparently don't take well to captivity. But once you understand what they need, they're easy to control. They treat them like babies. They do. I don't necessarily disagree with her assessment of humanity. I'm Yeah, the way I read that is I'm thinking the first humans to be brought to the zoo were probably freaking out. Yeah, because of the whole, like... We've just been abducted I by I had aliens. freedom and now I don't. I don't like this. Yeah, well, it's like they would have been living on Earth and then taken to space to live in an alien colony. I don't know, yeah. so long as they're like... Like if they abducted Yumia and then they plopped her in front of a PS4 with some games, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that you'd be happy. Maybe, as long as like, I had a smartphone. You're like, I don't have to work? Cool. It's, once you understand what they need, they're easy to control a bit. Like, my assumption is probably first generation has children those children are raised separately from the parents that birthed them they grow up in a in an environment where they have all their needs met therefore they're happy and content that's exactly how i've read it because yeah the humans yeah. that we do see in the next episode they are humans that have grown up in the zoo they've never known anything outside yeah. of it so i think the first generation humans that were brought would have been freaking out they inevitably have kids their kids grow up only knowing the zoo and then yeah. that kind of rebel spirit is kind of lost because this they have no leads context. to a point that i i'm curious about with the human zoo in that are they guys. all incredibly inbred yes, uh, that's what and, i guess yeah that's what i figured <laughs> yes and is the choosing a thing because it's analyzing their dna to see this... who is most compatible and well, won't cause that was defects. my assumption is that it's the choosing seems to be a way to keep Genetic variation going in a very small gene pool, which is assess who's got the most differences genetically, breed them so that they'll be the least risk of complication. Yeah. It's also why it's important to go get more humans, like Greg, is to keep adding new things to the gene pool, because that's how humans work. One more thing. There doesn't appear to be the option to be gay. I disagree. There is when Greg brings it into no, the no, equation. No, 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 I disagree. When we see the... We're jumping ahead a bit here to the choosing. When we see the choosing happen, there is a couple that are choosing that I am pretty sure are both women. I remember thinking that the first time I watched it. I didn't notice it this I, time, but the first I, time I watched it... I still it, think the blonde, long-haired one, I think, is either female... Uh, like, I think maybe either a cis woman or a trans woman. I think they are female. Yeah. I think that is a lesbian choosing. The, for, I remember specifically I remember watching this the first time and looking for gay yeah. couples and thinking I, and thinking that I saw one. So, uh, first of all, the choosing, I think two women get chosen together anyway. And B, they do not shy away from, oh, you can choose who to be chosen with. Totally. Like, they jump to being gay, and that's okay, because they, at the very least, they have not been told there is anything wrong with being gay. Yeah, they have no which, context for it being taboo. If they have no taboo of homosexuality, I would I would assume that the choosing allows people to be gay, because if it notably didn't allow people to be gay, you would probably have homophobia breed within a society because only only these types of people get chosen together therefore these are the types of people who should be together therefore inherently a taboo comes up yeah so the fact there's no taboo around homosexuality to me 
backs up the choosing and can be gay. Because I, I, I don't think... I disagree. But, I don't know. I, I kind of read it as I don't think gems really understand how you, human reproduction works. And as such, they may just not... They're like, oh, we've got to pair two humans up together and then maybe a small human will happen without necessarily knowing One would some think humans can't make a human with other humans. One would think with thousands of years of observations though, they would have noticed how things work. Possibly, but there's a lot of like, ooh, humans are gross that goes on. I guess it leads into the question of who or what is the voice in the earring, which I took to be more like a computer program. Yeah. Than an I assume person. so as well. I yeah. think that it's a computer program that is running the zoo and pairing people off and not. And I don't think there's a gem sat in front of a monitor deciding. Yeah. But either way, I do still. I'm. I've yet to be unconvinced that that second pair in the t- first first pair in the choosing is not a gay couple. I'm kind of in the middle. I want to believe that, but I'm not sure if I do. Yeah. Also, none of them are afraid to be gay, and that makes me Which is great. Happy. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's good. Um, how do you get into the zoo? The same question is asked twice, once by Stephen and once by Sapphire. When Stephen asks the question, Agate describes it as babbling incoherently. When Sapphire asks the question, oh, what a grand, amazing, wonderful, insightful question, your clarity. Mm-hmm. It's uh, just... I get, yeah, I get, again, just bending over backwards to please yeah. Sapphire. Uh, we, we need to find a, a distraction. Um, uh, what, what is the line that, that leads up to Ruby shouting explosion? Because there's a line... Okay, I need to pull this up because there is a line that is said that sounds like it's about to reveal something quite big about Steven I, Universe I, and I, then Ruby shouts explosion. I remember thinking it was almost annoying that it gets interrupted, so I think you might be right. I think there is something. I'm looking it up now. Do do do. <laughs> Let me control. Another live search. Explosion. Uh, uh, where's the word? Where was the word explosion? I had it on screen. Control um, F explosion. Oh, okay, it's actually not anything big, because we eventually find out what the answer is anyway. Holly Blue says, As a one-way access point, there are no risks of an escape. In fact, it's only ever been used once for a human blank, and what we eventually find out is a human that got hurt. Right. And it's like, okay, you need to hurt one of the humans, and then the door will open. Makes sense. They don't seem to care about physical hurt, though. I think it's... Both. I think it's that if they see them in distress. My, my thinking is they didn't notice Greg get physically hurt because he was meant to be asleep. Because the little voice told him to be asleep, so they weren't keeping an eye on him at that moment. I took it as like a noise thing. Like, because when they eventually come in, they're kind of wailing in pain. Mm. And that's what brings him in. But Greg just kind of gets punched as if it's going to be an automatic thing. <sighs> but it's obviously not. There's nothing yeah. monitoring the vitals, I don't think. So yeah, no, it's... Ruby shouts explosion, you know, it's like, oh, I'm an incompetent Ruby, I messed up. Um, and gives them a second to try and... Um, Ruby predicts an explosion to try and buy them some time to get through the door. Um, one little visual nod that I thought was really interesting. Sapphire! Uh, I'm going to put this in inverted commas. Sapphire winks to be like, hey, we're doing a plan here. Stephen doesn't pick up that this is meant to be a wink of like, oh, this is what we're doing. He doesn't pick up on it until Ruby winks because Ruby has two eyes. Yep. And mm-hmm. it's it's like what it why are you blinking at me Sapphire? Oh, Ruby, that was a wink. Okay, I get what's going on yeah. here. Yeah. And I just thought that's a really nice little non-verbal exchange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The whole 
Sapphire tries to wink but only has one eye. There's a few in this batch of episodes where there's non-verbal cues that let you know things about other things. Yeah, it's it's nice it's, that they're doing more of that. Yeah, it's really good animating, honestly. Yeah, uh, Pearl can't hack the door and Ruby can't brute force her way through. Ruby has no patience at all. She's yeah. like scratching at the door and then just slowly slides down face first onto the floor. Yeah, she's not she's not patient particularly. <laughs> um, and then suddenly they all have to run away from the door because Blue Diamond has arrived on the base and everything's every shit's going down now. I do like how Ruby gets very angry at the description of Blue Diamond as being kind of calm and amazing. And Ruby's like, yeah. no, she's a shatterer. Yeah. Blue Diamond is horrible. Which Blue Diamond's a shatterer, huh? Yeah, exactly. She shatters yeah. Pink Diamond. I think so. But yeah, I, I, <laughs> so I thought that was a cool line because it's almost like Ruby being like, Blue Diamond is a murderer. She's a killer. She's horrible. Yeah. So Stephen is then taken to the Assimilation Bay. Which is basically a human preparation conveyor belt. Do we have anything to say about the assimilation bay? It's kind of disturbing how it's basically stripping a child naked. Yeah, Stephen does take some agency himself, and yeah, the machine like, does. Nope, let nope, him... nope, you don't get to do that. I can do the that. The machine does let him keep his underwear, thankfully. I do think it was smart to um, have not have a scene where Stephen's trousers are forcibly removed by no, a machine. No, to give him some agency during Yeah, that. he stops that and says, no, I'll do this. Yeah. It's also the floaty fingers, like what Peridot yeah. uses. They're like Peridot's floaty fingers. Yeah. Um, and the screen they create by going in a diamond shape is kind of like Peridot's screen. Yeah, it, it just... Um, it reminded me because I... Um, Rebecca Sugar really, really enjoyed Peridot's fingers. <laughs> but... A lot of the animators didn't like them because they don't have as much readability. And with animation, it's all about readability. Exaggeration, one of the yeah. uh, principles I, of animation. I must say, so she did a lot of the animation yeah. of Peridot's like, fingers like floating around and stuff when she gets confused and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. She came up with a lot of the animation for that and she did a lot of the animation. I, I think they cool. do a really good job of making the, the fingers really expressive in this episode in particular. Um, like... They they may not be as expressive as a person with a face would be, but they're far more expressive than a machine on a conveyor belt would typically be, mm. which I think makes them very fitting for use mm-hmm. here. Well, they they step off as well, and Stephen's like, I can do that myself. Yeah, they, they are sentient. Go, okay, then. It seems. Well, uh, is that the Amethyst controlling them? I think it's Amethyst. Are they the Amethyst kind I of going around automation. I assumed automation, but... Well, Peridot controlled them. Peridot did control the fingers on her hand, so maybe. Um, <laughs> I have a question about the conveyor belt. The earrings that everyone are given, like, obviously they serve the purpose of the little voice. I saw them initially on this conveyor belt as something very different. I saw them like animal tabs. Yeah. Oh, I definitely think like, it's meant to look You're like trying parts. to keep tabs on where your animals are yeah. in, in a zoo. I think that's definitely part of it. Uh, I mean, the design of them is, is a tag. Like, the yeah. shape of them. I think that's deliberate. And then lastly, the human zoo looks like paradise once you get inside. Greg is not stressed by his position. His hair is being braided. It is... I feel like it's very different to what most of us expected a zoo, a zoo to be. Mm. There are no cages. It is just, hey, enjoy paradise, everyone. Yeah. I mean, zoo definitely has a lot of negative connotations that we yeah. don't see here. They do well to <laughs> delay this revelation. Yeah. So, when this next episode starts, we're going to... 
I have a lot of thoughts on this zoo that we'll get to, but um, anything else we want to say before we finish this episode? No, I'm good. Yeah. Okay, so I suspect 117, the zoo, will be a fairly short one to talk about. We've Um, already kind of talked a lot about it, too. Yeah. So everyone refers to Greg as Gareg, Mm -hmm. which my best guess at that is they all have names that are two parts. They are a letter and a number. Yeah. They're all, like, hyphenated names. I assume they tried to split Greg's single name into Gareg. Which they don't do with Stephen, because he's Stephen. They're it's... basically, they have no concept of a name with only one syllable. They yeah. should have called him Great instead. Gar it. So yeah, we, we've talked... I love it. Don't even give me that face, <laughs> Mia. We, we've already talked about the fact that these are the descendants of humans that were brought here thousands of years ago, and they've never seen Earth, which is really important, because there's a big conversation to be had about this place later, which... Actually, maybe now's as good a time as any to talk about it, is when this arc ends, everyone goes home leaving these humans in the human zoo. Would Stephen and crew be doing a good or a bad thing by by coming back at some point to rescue these humans and bring them to Earth? Would that be to their benefit or their detriment? I remember us talking about this at the time. Yeah. It's it's a complicated question, because... There is something to be said for, like, if you take a human from Earth and put them here, that is really distressing because you've basically taken away their free will, their agency, any of the things they might have hoped and dreamed for, and that's very distressing because humans on Earth who have those kind of things like free will and choice do not respond well to having them taken away. However, these humans are living in a paradise where nothing ever hurts them or ever makes them sad and... They are living in a beautiful, a blissful ignorance. Is it a negative thing to take them from that to Earth, where they will undoubtedly experience... They will have freedom of choice, but they may not know what to do with it because they've never had it, and they will probably face sadness and pain as a result. Mm -hmm. Spoilers for Enslaved... The uh, Xbox 360 game. Enslaved Odyssey to the West, was that it? Yeah, the one that's based on Journey to the West. Um, So, spoilers for the next, I don't know, 30 seconds or so. Um, That's that's the ending to Enslaved, amusingly, which is what I always think of. And the end of that game, they basically, because you play the whole game and there's basically three characters in the whole game. Mm. And at the end of the game, they find out that all the humans are kind of still alive, but they're basically in this kind of like peaceful loving simulation yeah and the, you wake all the humans up and the end of the game is like wait should we have done that because now they're not happy anymore they have to experience yeah. all these things that are scary is, is they don't understand blissful ignorance uh, blissful ignorant happiness preferable to sadness and free will and does anyone did do the people who have free will but not the happiness have the right to make that choice for the people who have the happiness but not the free will. It's a very heavy philosophical yeah. argument for a children's cartoon. The people who have the happiness and not the free will, because they don't have free will, they don't really have the ability to decide, I would like to have free will. They That's, lack the context yeah. for it entirely. And as such, like it's a choice that can only ever be made by someone outside of that, that system. But does anyone outside of that system have the right to make that choice? 
Yeah, I did wonder when we first saw this episode, like, are we going to see the episode where they go and get the humans? But yeah, I don't see it I've, happening. I've thought about that before and been like, do I want that to happen? And my gut feeling is no. I mean, they're basically children. I don't think they could handle it. They didn't even know yeah. what the word hurt was. It's um, it's very similar to, like, if you look at prison systems and when people leave prison after, like, let's say someone's done 15 years in prison and gets let out. One of the, the reasons that a lot of people suspect there's such a high rate of um, people after very lengthy prison sentences ending up back in the prison system very quickly is not remembering how to just deal with life after that. And the prison system where basically you have a set routine and this is your life within these confines, this is what you do becomes your life mm. to a point that you don't know what to do anymore and you end up deliberately doing things to end up back in prison. Mm. I feel like that's kind of what would happen. That there would be a degree of, this is terrible, why did you take us here, we want to go back. I think the only way to do it would be to actually set up a very structured and careful rehabilitation system. Yeah. Which the gems are not equipped to do. No, you would need an equivalent of Earth where it's like, hey, here you are in a second human zoo, but... The, you don't have the little voice now. You need to ease them out. Yeah. You can't just drop all these humans on Beach City and be like, enjoy, see ya. Well, like, put into their routine, like, this section of the day is free time. What would you like to do? We need a spin-off show about these uh, humans. About them. There are ways you could rehabilitate this group into human Earth society, but it'd be tough. Yeah. So there we go. That's that big <laughs> chat out of the way. Now we can rush through this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bits, the bits. Ah, they heard stories of Stephen. It's lovely. I like that that's how Stephen is presented by Greg. It's just the bits. Yeah. Enthusiastic child with his... Uh... Yeah. The earrings dictate their routine. Um, yeah, because when Stephen doesn't go along with the routine, the earrings kind of like, ahem, yeah. and nudges him to go Ha-ha! They do not know what a little voice is. <laughs> I like that because obviously... In this situation, we're kind of looking down on these humans, and the humans yeah. are like, ah, no, this is normal. It's such an obvious thing. Yeah. How do you not know yeah, that? Yeah, you don't know what it you is. You don't know what a little voice is. I think they'd also be kind of lost without the little voice, because oh, their entire life they've been told exactly what to do and when to do it. And, and how to feel about doing it yeah. as well. Because, like, basically, they're told what to do all day, every day, what to do, how to feel... Um, some of the things they're told to do and feel are quite distressing to watch from an outside perspective. Like, there is one I've written down that really bothers me. Reach up like you're going to touch outer space. That feels really fucking nasty, because it's it's essentially their captors taunting them with, ah, you know, reach out for free will, you know, ah, you can almost reach it, ah, so many possibilities, nah. That's why I think they treat them like babies, though. Yeah. Because it's the sort of thing they have on babies' programs when it's like, stretch up as high as you can. Like, it's it's definitely trying to emulate those things, but, like, using the thing they're stretching for as, like, freedom and outer space, which they can see, it's like, ooh, that, that just, it's painful to me to see that. That's the one where I'm like, oh no, that's this is not a utopia. I just kind of took it as they have no concept of freedom. Yeah. Like their entire planet is the zoo. So the idea of stretch up to space, it's just like, oh look, yay, space. It's that thing that... Yeah, we you know, don't know what that is. Yeah. It's just a thing we can see. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, 
They don't know they're trapped. They've never known anything else. They have everything they need uh, and they're happy. Wouldn't you be? I think Greg really hits the nail on the head there talking to Stephen. He's like, look, they have everything and nothing ever goes wrong for them. They don't know that there are other ways to live life. You know, wouldn't you be happy if you'd grown up in this situation? Yeah, like, it makes sense, like, on the yeah. surface that they would be happier with this. Yeah, and I think, like, that line is why I don't think the writers ever intend to free these humans. No. But it's also the same... <clears throat> it's the gems. They were born, they had a role, and it's kind of like, yeah, you you are given everything you need, so you should be happy in this role that you are provided with. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of... Um... Tying this into the gem society, but yeah. I suppose it makes sense. But that... that's exactly what all of the crystal gems are. You are given this role, everything you need to fulfil this role. You continue and have this life. Yeah, but, but there were people who weren't satisfied with that and they wanted more. Yeah, but I think like also the gems aren't micromanaged to the same degree. Like they at least have the ability to make choices within their assigned role. They it's... do at least know what choice is. Still, though, I think back to, like, Peridot being completely indoctrinated and in love with Yellow Diamond. Yeah, is that any different than the humans, kind of? Worshipping the, the little voice? voice. Yeah. yeah, I guess, yeah. Uh, so they ignore the little voice telling them to go to sleep. I love the fact that within only a few days, Greg is already, like, falling asleep <laughs> because the voice told him to. He's like, oh, got sleep cycle. From what we see of Greg, yeah. especially when he's younger, I definitely see him fitting into this. Yeah. Story. But basically, they just want to go find the door that we saw earlier from the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, a gem once came through the door when a human was hurt. I was just thinking, I just had a random thought. Oh, go ahead. Everyone in the human zoo seems like they're quite young, but there are no children. Yeah, I noted that. I wonder if the children are taken off somewhere else. Yeah, that may be brought back in. They're incubated or something and then plopped back in when they're adults? Mm, possibly. There might be like a an infant section. Yeah, like a nursery. Possibly. I imagine that's where the amethysts hang out. <laughs> um, they can go so on yeah. the toilet like amethysts. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, a gem once came through the door when a human was hurt, but the humans don't know what hurt is. Thankfully, like... Stephen knows. I like that how... slug me in the face. I like how it's talked about as if it's almost like a myth. Yeah, like the a myth story. of hurt. Yeah, there's this thing, don't know what it is, but the story happened once and it made the wall open. Yeah. Like it's been walls do down. not open. They are walls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Stephen punches Greg. We get a reminder, Stephen's really damn strong. He punches his physical dad across a room into a tree. He's just very strong. Yeah, and he's like, oh, maybe we should do it again. And Greg's just like, if you do it again, there's not going to be anything left to say, you know. Uh, okay, let's talk about the choosing. It's One time. One thing I wondered, because of the no kids thing, how often is the choosing? Uh, one of them uses the word finally in reference to the choosing. They say it's finally time. So it seems like it's a... Not a common thing. It's at least not daily. It's not part of the routine. Yeah, this is just some nights they're woken up for the choosing. Uh, So we get a big glowing occult circle. Um, I still think the first choosing couple is gay. Feel free to disagree. I think they're a gay couple. Um, It's basically the sex selection circle where God picks who's gonna bang. 
Stephen's not invited to the choosing. Yes, I didn't pick up on this until we watched it again last night. Yeah. I'm so glad that it's like, Stephen, you stay over there until this is done. They understand that children should not be invited to the choosing, <laughs> which I'm like, thank you, Gems, for working out that much about humans. Uh, so, Greg is choosened with someone... And he screams about not wanting to be told who to love. He wants to pick his own love. Um, on Earth, people choosen each other. Which is... I like that like, romance and love and the ability to fall in love is where he draws the line of like, nope, this is not a utopia. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Love is important. It's um, worth the underlying meaning of the show. Yeah, it? of yes. everything. Like, darn it. Yeah, it's exactly. like Sapphire had a pretty cushy role up there just below the diamond, <laughs> but she chose love over that and went to go live on Earth. So I guess yeah. what we're saying about like the whole philosophical message of this, from Greg's point of view, it is that choice is worth losing comfort. Yeah, yeah. Greg at least seems to feel that way. Um, so everyone's told they can choose on whoever they like, and. Everyone, everyone chooses Greg, and that tells me two things about preconceptions in this society. A, they have no taboo about homosexuality, and B, they have no taboo about monogamy slash polygamy, because they don't mind all choosing in Greg. Mm -hmm. They're just like, yeah, we'll all choose in Greg, we'll just be one big choosened polyamorous (laughs) bundle. Well, I don't think there'd ever be a taboo about the, uh, everyone sleeping with everyone. Because it keeps the uh, gene pool. <laughs> it keeps the generations alive. Like yeah. you more think... babies are gonna be born. Like you, yeah. you technically only need one man to inseminate all the ladies. Like and even when it's not about insemination, everyone's still up for it. Yeah. Like I get the feeling that at the very least, all of these humans understand that sex is sex is pleasurable. Like I feel like that's a realization they've made. They're like, okay, I'm gonna choose a Greg. <laughs> So do they not have sex unless they are choosened? I don't imagine that outside of choosening, the the little voice would tell them it is non-choosening sex time. So they probably don't. Until they're told you can choose in each other. <gasps> we can do this whenever. <laughs> I agree with that. That's, that's my reading. Is like, oh. So no one like accidentally brushes against anyone when they're going for a dip in the pool and it's like, oh, you know what? This would be a great idea. Yeah, but that's not what time it is. It's just clean off in the pool time. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> <I> suppose. <laughs> um, Greg, do they ex- have to clean off on the, in the pool because it's choosing night? I assume that's part of the daily routine. <laughs> it's have your daily bath. Not because get cleaned up for sex night. Get cleaned up for sex night. Stephen is told by the little voice to get cleaned off in the pool as well, and he's not invited to choosing, so I don't think that it's clean off for sex night. Does the little voice tell him to stay back, or is it the other people? It's the other people, but I assume that's because they know that he shouldn't be there, and how would they know that other than the voice told them? I don't think the pool is a sex thing. (laughs) Um, Greg exercises his right to say no, and everybody is heartbroken. Because presumably nobody has ever refused a choosing before. Exactly, because you just you're choosing. That's what you do. Um, And the humans all reach to the sky and and say, "Take this hurt away." And I think that's them asking for yellow diamond to take the pain away. 
My temptation... But she can take the memories away, I think. My interpretation of it is just that they, they know that, like, the voice that talks to them is, like, somewhere up in the sky, and they're basically mm. like, sky voice, like, make the bad thing go away. Because then they basically defer to the voice for yeah. literally but everything. When, when it happened once before in their, the story they know, you know, someone did come and take the, the hurt away. Again, I, I think it's Yellow Diamond taking memories away when they're painful. I don't remember. Ah, okay. I just don't know if you were about to say something. Sorry. Uh, amethysts have to come in and calm down the humans. Uh, yes. They refer to it like it's God, basically. Yeah. It's like when people are really depressed and sad, they can, if they have belief in God, a lot of people kind of go, oh God, please take this pain away. That's how I can see it. But like it has some practical mm-hmm. level because it's like the voice is like their god. Yeah. So yeah. they're basically saying like you are all powerful and you know everything. So therefore, please take this away. Yeah, you make our life happy. Make it happy again. Yeah. Now. That's how I read it. Yeah. One amethyst catches Stephen and Greg trying to run and takes them with her. And now we reach episode one hundred and eighteen. That will be all. A lot is packed into this last episode. Yeah, I thought this was two episodes. Yeah, we get to the end. It's like, oh, we still have to do all this stuff. This last episode doesn't feel rushed. No. It like it feels well-paced. Um, Amethyst brings them to the Amethyst room. Our Amethyst pranks them into believing that this is a really bad situation. Because Amethysts are pranksters, I guess. Uh... Turns out she naturally gets on with the other Earth Prime Kindergarten Amethysts and the ones from the Beta Kindergarten. Yeah, I like we see the Jaspers as well. Yeah. Also, is this the first reference we get to the term off-colours? Yeah. Because we have Amethysts, we have Jaspers, we also have, like, some different colour variations that um, Agate refers to as you hideous Mm off-colours. So... Presumably, like, this... Not all off-colours are destroyed automatically. Like, some of the off-colours <clears throat> are still kept just in roles not generally visible. I, I think wonder. it's ones where they're still so, uh, suitable for purpose. Yeah, I think it's mm. about use. Like, I think these off-colours are still useful, but the yeah. off-colour sapphire we see is not useful. I have a different read. My read is that... Because Pink Diamond made these gems, Blue Diamond won't let them be shattered because they're all that's left of Pink Diamond. And even though they're off colours, she won't smash them because it's what remains of Pink Diamond's legacy. Okay, I can see that. That's my reading on those off colours being okay. I don't know. Uh, The Skinny Jaspers from the beta. um, They're so sassy, by the way. They're very sassy. They're so wonderfully sassy. yeah. Uh, one question I do have is um, the beta, the ones from the beta kindergarten, the Jaspers are are referred to as off colour as well. Does this mean all Jaspers are considered inherently wrong? Does that recontextualise our thoughts on Jasper that we knew at all? Like, do we feel differently about Jasper knowing she was probably looked down on as an off colour? I'm not sure. I mean, everything we see from Jasper, she's incredibly arrogant. Yeah, she came out perfect, but the perfect wrong, yeah, wrong one. And yeah, and there's two ways to look at it. Either she was perfect and everything was fine, 
oh, the colour was wrong and people her whole life have reminded her, you're perfect, mm. apart from that colour thing. Because I feel like that's the difference between Amethyst and Jasper is Amethyst was the right colour but came out wrong. Jasper came out perfect, the wrong colour. Mm. So they have to fuse, obviously. <gasps> yeah! <laughs> Jasperthist. Jamethyst. I'm down for Jamethyst. Oh, I would love Jamethyst. Um, when they fuse, it can be like, let's jam. <gasps> oh, and I'm now just picturing like the theme tune from Space Jam as they fuse. <laughs> I would like to see that. Uh, um, yeah. Amethysts provide cover for Greg and Stephen to run and hide. They stumble into a room full of rose quartz bubble gems. If you stop to think about that room for a second, it's quite horrific, isn't it? Just, oh, <clears throat> Rose was accused of you know, killing Pink Diamond. Every single member of her species, I guess, is imprisoned as punishment. And Yellow Diamond would like to genocidally destroy them all for the sins of one. Yeah, Yellow Diamond like, basically sees no point in keeping them. She's, it's like, it's yeah. racism, basically. Yeah, she's written off the entire cut of gems for something that most of them did not do. Mm-hmm. Potentially none of them did. Yeah. I have a thought about the room full of gems. <clears throat> sure. I think maybe the reason Yellow Diamond wants to shatter them is because she knows one of them could reveal that it wasn't that Rose Quartz that did the, the murdering. Mm. Because we know it looked like a Rose Quartz that did the shattering. What if it's one of those ones bubbled in the room? That would be interesting. And if unbubbled, they'd go, oh yeah, no, I killed, I killed Pink Diamond. <laughs> And Yellow Diamond's like, we've got to destroy them all so that that one can't talk. Get rid of the evidence. Yeah. That's a possible thought. Retter is... You look dubious. All of the... (laughs) Nightgown does pop up very high. Luckily, this is not a video. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All of the rose quartz are bubbled in pink bubbles. I want to know who bubbled them. I did notice that as well. I was wondering if blue um, diamond bubbles or the pink diamond bubble these. What we have... They oh. are in pink diamonds human zoo, which presumably is where pink diamond thought of as home. When you pop the bubbles, they go to where you consider home. That's true. That's a good point. But we do know that blue diamond has hmm. taken over the human zoo since... We also know that uh, diamonds aren't the only people that can bubble gems. Like, we've seen peridots do it. So but like, they do it in the colour. Yeah, so what, what I'm saying, saying I want is to know who's done it, it could be one of, like, an amethyst could have done it. Because amethysts belong to pink diamonds, so they would presumably be pink bubbles or purple bubbles. Mm. So, like, presumably a pink gem of some kind did it. I'm just looking into Retta's concentrating face. This is an interesting question. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah, why. You I can think. disagree if you don't think that I'm just trying to... Yeah, I'm doing the same thing. I'm sat here, like, theorising and thinking. Cause I'm Lion did it. Yeah, Uncle so... Grandpa did it. Yeah, Uncle nah. Grandpa did it. Uncle That's Grandpa bubbled them all. He's clearly a pink gem. Yeah. Um, he's in every gem. He has a version of every gem on him. That's why yeah. he's so powerful. Oh, God, no. He is, he is a permanent fusion. <laughs> Permafusion. Blue comes in crying and Yellow follows, being very stern and trying to sort of angrily snap her out of her sadness. Um, Blue wants to grieve forever. She is eternal. The reason... The thinking I have here is I think 
let's say hypothetically blue didn't shatter pink diamond. Mm -hmm. She wants to grieve forever because she's eternal. If she remembers, if she grieves forever, she's remembering pink forever. And if she remembers pink forever, then pink never truly dies because she lives on in her memory. As a being that lives on forever, the longer she holds on to that sadness, the longer it is before Pink Diamond's forgotten, the longer it is before she's truly sort of gone. And I feel like maybe that's a part of it, is I if I don't if I don't forget about her, then she's not truly gone. My reading is a mixture of that, and I still think Blue Diamond did it, I was involved, and I think part of it is guilt. Mm. I still think that... I can't, you know, forget what I did. Yeah, and she feels guilty. I still think Blue Diamond did it, but I think that she didn't mean to shatter her. I think she wanted to fight her, wanted to hurt her, and accidentally shattered her. Or shattered her in rage, and just feels distraught and guilty that she did that to someone she loved. Thoughts, Retter? I don't know. We have kind of talked to death. We have. Sorry, we're almost almost done with this episode. Um, At this point, we have What's the Use of Feeling Blue? Best song in the series, in my opinion. Oh, I don't know why we'd go that far, but um, it is a very good song that I completely wrote off the first time I heard it. I just didn't enjoy it. Yeah, I I specifically... I mean, I think I mentioned it before. I remember the three of us watching it for the first time and being like, that was a weird song. And then we went back and was like, ah. I'm pretty sure (laughs) us discussing that song for like half an hour by itself is a good part of the reason why we did this podcast. Yeah, that was kind of the evidence that we could do this. Yeah, that we could do this. Um, So like, I have all the lyrics up for it and there are a bunch of things that like we talked about that first conversation that we can bring up again, I think. Um, so, why would you want to be here? What do you ever see here that makes you, that doesn't make you feel worse than you do? Tell me, what's the use of feeling blue? So, when you see these lyrics written down, there's something that I never picked up on on first listen, which is the double meaning of that sentence, which is, what's the use of feeling blue, blue being a synonym for sad, or what's the use of feeling, comma, blue? blue As diamond. in blue, what's the use of feeling anything? Feelings yeah, are exactly. worthless. I mean, the way I see the song, the whole meaning of it, is it's two people having both unhealthy and alternate reactions to someone dying. Because blue yeah. is basically just steeped in grief and won't move on. And yellow is in denial. And he's like, I'm not going to yeah. feel anything. I'm just going to forget it. Just move on. And yellow is not allowing herself to grieve, while blue is not allowing herself to move on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Neither of them is dealing with it in a healthy way, but they're both doing important steps of guilt, like, uh, of grief. They're all, yeah. You have to do these things, you just have to move on through them. Maybe that's why I've not seen White Diamond. She's in the bargaining phase. She's busy trying to like work her way out <laughs> and we can get through Diamond. Uh, uh, skipping forward a little bit. An army has a use, they can go and fight a war. A sapphire has a use, she can tell you what it's for. An agate terrifies... So I assume agates are meant to be, like, the leader of an army? Like, you're sort of, like, drill sergeant? Yeah, I took it to be, like, they whip him into shape. Yeah, like, literally whip. (laughs) Yeah, because she literally has a whip. She whips him into shape. Uh, The one that we struggled until we saw the lyrics written down (laughs) are lapis terraforms. We replayed this, like, five times. Like, a lapis what? Yeah, it's not sung particularly clearly, but... It makes a lot of sense because they have control over water. That, you know, gives you a lot of control over manipulating land Yeah, and so things. presumably this is confirmation that when they're colonising a planet, the lapis is lapi. 
go down there first and basically change the physiology of the planet to make it more suitable for them building yeah. their structures, which bismuth will do. Yeah, and then obviously the role of a diamond is to be a leader. Where's their diamond when they need her, Blue? You've got to be a leader, Blue. Basically I, saying, like, every gem has yeah. a role, including you, and you're not fulfilling your, it. Your role is to make sure they fulfil their roles. Why aren't you doing that? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's also different for the diamonds, because obviously there are only one of each diamond. Yeah, if that one doesn't do their job, everything falls apart. Yeah, whereas, like, with sapphires, peridots, jaspers, amethysts... They're disposable. Yeah, they are way more disposable. It's kind of like... Mm. Well, I think that's why they use amethysts, jaspers, and rubies as the um, like shock troopers. Something? Yeah, the fighters basically. Yeah. They're the bodyguards and fighters because if something were to happen to them, who cares? Who the hell cares? They've got another thousand or so. I they care. Could pop at any time. I care. I care, but I, no one else in gym society cares um, other than the people who are of that gym yeah. class. One grumble I have about the lyrics that I don't like that they they rhyme blue with blue. It annoys me every time I hear the song. Just, where's their diamond when they need her blue? You've got to be a leader, blue. Yeah, because I heard that and I was like, surely it would make more sense. One of them should be like be the word too. too. Yeah, you've got to yeah. be a leader too. I thought oh, that would make so much more sense. Where, where's their diamond? They needed you. Like, they could yeah. have done it. Where's, so where's their diamond when they needed you? You've got to be a leader, blue. Exactly. Yeah. There are ways to improve that annoying... Bit of lyricism. Just like, Rebecca Sugar, get your ass down here. Get her on the phone, we'll tell her. Yeah. (laughs) You write the entire song, we'll change like two words and be like, thank you. (laughs) Uh, Okay, then we get into the stuff in the song that kind of implies the diamonds were part of a big polyamorous relationship. Yes, of course, we still love her and we're always thinking of her. But now there's nothing we can do, so tell me what's the use of what's the use of feeling? What's the use of feeling? What's the use of feeling, Blue? Yeah, oh. If you watch Yellow's body language in yeah. the song, you definitely because until until this point when yeah. we were seeing Yellow, she was shown as someone quite terrifying and intimidating. But you see signs of vulnerability in this yeah, song. Yeah, like the way she's kind of like if she was human, she would be white knuckle yeah. gripping at she, that. She edge. does seem sincere in her like, even if nothing else. I believe that she loved Pink Diamond. I agree. Um, but yeah, no, that whole. Of course, we still love her. We're always thinking of her. Um, every time that's uh, don't you know I miss her too. I'm like they were a big polyamorous quad oh, thing. Yeah, lesbian lesbian quad. All the diamonds sleep in the same bed. I wonder how where the diamond, diamond is. We'll find her eventually. I think the same. Is it like the Powerpuff Girls bed? How the I don't know if anyone else has seen <laughs> yeah, the Powerpuff I Girls. Guess, yeah. I realise how like nerdy and childish <laughs> that reference is. We're, we're talking about cartoon. I'm allowed. Powerpuff Girls have a bed that's kind of like Neapolitan ice cream. And then it goes in three stripes, and the one of each colour sleeps yes, in that I agree. That's part what of the bed. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. So we, can, we kind of hammer home a little bit more about this whole um, yellow wanting to just like move on in denial and just not process it. How can you stand to be here with it all, drowning in all this regret? Wouldn't you rather forget her? I think yellow diamond's offering to erase memories. <laughs> Wouldn't you rather forget her? I took that again to be. Um, Won't it be grand to be rid of it all? Yes, exactly. 
I enjoy your enthusiasm for this theory. You I like this theory. It. I think this is a solid theory. Okay. Um, no, I take that to be, it's, it's what we were just saying, it's yellow having the unhealthy kind of like, no, move on. Don't look at her stuff. Throw everything out. Get away from it yeah. all. Burn it all. Don't need that. Yeah. Kill all the humans in the human zoo. Don't need them either. <laughs> Let's make a plan of attack. Let's start looking forward and stop, stop looking, looking back. back. I think I need to do that, though. <laughs> start yeah. looking forward, stop looking back. I think it's a thing that a lot of people do, though. They dwell yeah. too much on the past. Oh, it's, yeah. it's often too easy to think about, oh, what could I have done differently, rather than what can I do now to improve things. Retta is dramatically pointing at me. Mia <laughs> does it all the time. Yeah. Well, if I did this differently, if I did that differently, I'm like, yeah, but you didn't. There's no point, like, thinking about it because it's not going to change. Okay, so the bit of this that makes me believe that Yellow Diamond is sincere is right at the end. It's the, don't you know I miss her too? Like, she, like, just so high-pitched. Tell me. What's the use of feeling? She just gets very, like, high-pitched and then very yeah, soft. Yeah, we get the bit where she is, it is very kind of soft and she's almost, like, trails off. And yeah. then she almost falls to pieces with the last lines. <sighs> yeah. It's... I feel like she has sincere emotions she's not processing. Oh, like, yeah, I don't yeah. think she's genuinely unfeeling. It's that she doesn't want to let herself feel. Which is why I think it would be most interesting, and I'm hammering this home. Yeah, death. if Blue did it. Yeah, because Yellow is the one who's really torn up. Yeah, but she's, she's like, trying to move on, just trying to move on. And Blue is just overcome with guilt. That's my idea. Yeah, I think that might be why Blue feels so goddamn sad. Yeah, because I think Blue's Because she's kind of like, this is all my fault. And especially if Blue loves Yellow and she was jealous of Yellow's relationship with Pink, it could also be, I know that I killed her and I have really upset you, but I also love you. That's what I mean. I think Blue is kind of sat on the secret and that's making it even worse. And the reason... Um, Blue will not move on is because I think she won't forgive herself. It's almost like self-loving. It's not so much just the love of Pink, it's how much she hates herself for what she did. Yeah, so I'm I'm jumping back a bit to the Mr. Greg episode where we have the song Both of You uh, where Greg is colour-coded as yellow yes. and Pearl is blue I yep. believe. Uh, so what is the... the... Stephen is pink as well. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, th- that song seems to imply that Blue did it. Because Pearl's lines are like, I don't hate you. Um, you know, the problem wasn't that that um, I, I was with her even though you loved her. The problem was she fell in love with you. And the implication, if we look at this as Blue and Yellow Diamond, is Blue was upset because of the two of them, Pink was more in love with Yellow. Mm-hmm. And the I blue think, was sad about that, and maybe that's why she killed her. I think that's a valid theory. It's a polyamory relationship gone wrong. Yep. No, it's uh, some. Yeah, blue. Pink wanted yellow to be her primary, and blue was not having any of that. <laughs> Seemingly. No, thank you. See, this this whole. Uh, all the times we've gone on and on about these theories are going to make interesting listening if... Oh, it turns when, out we're totally wrong. Because there will be people listening to this in the future who will oh, know the answer. Yeah, no. It will turn out we're totally wrong. But this is like, it's a time capsule. This is us in 2017 trying to, you know, work out what we can. It's just... before we knew that Onion did it. Yeah, it's before we worked out that Onion was Uncle Grandpa the whole time. No, uh, it was actually Dr. Mahesh Warren. Un, 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 Uncle Yin Grandpa? 
Can you combine uncle and onion? Onion-cle? I It kind of works. Grandpa? <laughs> Yunkle-grandpa. Yunkle-grandpa. Uh, Sapphire is brought in and, you know, Agate's like, hey, she brought that human you asked for, and Blue Diamond's like, nope, didn't ask for no human. Sapphire starts to freeze up and Ruby saves the day, holds her hand, everything's She literally fine. starts to freeze up, which is yeah. what I friggin' love. And thaws her out, because it's like, no, it's okay, you're not alone. And Hamath- not Amethyst, Ruby's uh, hot stuff. Hot stuff indeed. Hot stuff does melt ice. Yeah, we've seen that they balance each yeah. other out. It's nice. I like Sapphire's bullshit excuse that, uh, <laughs> oh, I foresaw you need... I used my future vision and I foresaw you needing more humans. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's not that you asked me to do this. It's that you were going to need... You were this. going to need more yeah, humans, so I just wanted to preempt and bring mm-hmm. you them. And Blue Diamond thinks about it for a second and she's like, it's true. Yeah, it works because Blue is so kind of in grief. It's yeah. like, she's like, yeah, that, that fits. That, that feels like, that yeah, I guess sense. I would want more humans. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, Yellow plans to go kidnap more humans before the cluster emerges. You say that, I have an alternative theory to that. So you have a different theory to... Uh, did we mention this on the Amber theory that basically, like, yeah, hey, yeah, Yellow Diamond's going to go get more humans because the cluster hasn't emerged and that's why they all get kidnapped? It's because, yeah, what we're referring to is... Yellow Diamond says, has the cluster emerged yet? And then the answer is no. And then Yellow Diamond says, then there's still time. And it's like a wicked smile. Yeah, I assumed that was there's more time to harvest humans for you. My thing, I have an alternate oh. theory. I think Yellow Diamond is basically like, I have an idea to help you get over this grief. Retter is kind of... All of her limbs are inside her nighty now. It's very distracting. Okay. It's cold! <laughs> okay. Um, Continue your point. My theory is that Yellow Diamond's like, I've got an idea to get you out of this slump, to get you over Pink Diamond. Let's go to Earth, the place that ruined everything, and let's just fuck it up. Let's just destroy the Earth. Let's just smash it to bits. And then you'll that'll help you deal with your grief. Maybe. Because I'm going by the trailer for the next season, where we see there are... Uh, diamond spaceships coming to earth and i think this is what is foreshadowing it i don't think this mm. is the paradox i doubt i think so. she might be foreshadowing both which is go grab some humans and then fuck the planet i up. just i don't i think yellow diamond with the way that she is i don't think my opinion is i don't think yellow diamond would think let's get some more humans because i think yellow well, diamond's like fuck all these humans the context the, the context to that statement from yellow diamond though is blue diamond saying something like our window of time to preserve specimens is is dwindling and our chance to preserve her legacy. And that's when Yellow Diamond asks about, is the cluster emerged yet? I, I, still, I stand by my theory. I think she's like, I'm going to do this so that, like, look, I saved you some humans. And also I got rid of the planet so you don't have to go back there anymore. No, like, that's going to be the two-pronged approach. I think Yellow and Blue... I think Yellow wants to propose, let's both go to Earth and let's I, th- just I think Yellow it. wants to propose. <laughs> that too. Yeah, I think Yellow and Blue are going to go to Earth and just destroy it. And I think in the trailer for the new season, that's why everyone's freaking out. Because okay. I think Yellow and Blue are on their way to destroy everything. Do you have any thoughts, Retter? What do you think Yellow's doing? I don't know. Okay. Okay. That's very soft. <laughs> uh, Blue Agate is so smug about getting to meet two diamonds in one day that she doesn't notice the escapees walking straight behind her. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, she turns around to see them all ro- boarding the ruby ship. I want to mention real quick 
There is the animation during What's the Use of Feeling Blue, where you see that Stephen realises that the other gems are Rose Quartz. There's no oh, nothing yes. spoken mm. about it. But you know that that's what has yeah, just happened. Yeah, because he can like, look at his own gem. Yeah, he lifts up his shirt, looks at his own gem, and looks up at the roof. Yeah, because um, one thing we did talk about um, pre-podcast era, um, we said... Era one. There's potentially an interesting moment if these roses oh, are in bubble God, yeah. and Greg needs to see other roses, uh, how will he react to that? Yes, because we had a theory about how the eventual moving on from Pink Diamond could happen, which is... Having Blue Diamond having to watch Greg face a rose and be like, you look like her, but you're not her. She is gone. I am okay with that, and I'm going to walk away. Wouldn't it be interesting if, like a sequel to the scene that starts off this whole space thing, that Greg talking to Blue Diamond is what solves the situation? Yeah, I would really like that. Like, rather than violence and fusion be the solution. It seems like such a Steven Universe solution to be like, oh, I've watched you come face to face with what you're grieving over, and move on it'd be great because like maybe i can do the same we are greg is always such an afterthought by the gems yeah. so if the gems do all this stuff to prepare for the diamonds coming and in the end it's greg that saves the earth that'd be amazing that would be perfect. that's what he always wants to do yeah he wants to be useful. like the whole thing about the whaling stone mm-hmm. yes. i have a little expertise yeah, yeah exactly. I, I really hope that's where that goes because that is a really nice bit of foreshadowing if, if that's it the could case. help yeah Oh, uh, good help, you know. <laughs> I can't remember the bloody lyrics for it now. Uh, so they're all boarding the ship, and Agate spots them. Garnet refuses to protect them. Uh, I love the little bit of animation gag where Garnet pulls out the big fist and goes, I've been waiting to do this all day, prepares for a punch, and then tiny fist jabs and just knocks her to the floor. <laughs> It's it's adorable and lovely and some great subversion animation wise. And it's so sassy and all the amethysts go nuts for it. They love it. Yeah, I love it because obviously they're seeing their kind of boss I also, get stood up to. Yeah, because they're kind of like, yeah, she's a bitch, do it. <laughs> yeah, bring it down a peg. And I think it's interesting how willing the amethysts are to betray Homeworld. Yeah, they're just they like, have no yeah, loyalty. fuck these guys. These no guys are dicks. They're horrible to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we get my favourite speech from Pearl. And I love the Pearl speech. I've written the whole thing down because I love it. Go, go on then. <laughs> You're really going to tell the Diamonds that you allowed a band, a band of treacherous rebels to infiltrate a highly secure facility and escape from right under your careful watch? Doesn't seem like a wise thing to do, Holly Blue. So do yourself a favour and keep your mouth shut. That will be all. I'm like, Pearl, well done, you rebellious it, angel. It's, it's a great kind of blackmail. Oh, oh it is. Yeah. It totally is. But it's... Yeah, because it's blackmail, but it's it's a way of saying it's in your own interests not to it's, it's ex- not, say what yeah, happened It's not today. blackmail. It's, hey, are you going to acknowledge the reality of what happened? Because yeah. I don't think it go well it's for you. It's kind of like mutually assured destruction. Yeah. It's like, sure, tell the diamonds that we're here right now and yeah. all this has happened, but you will be completely yeah. screwed up. No, you, you will like forever be the person that let us get away. So like maybe just I protect yourself. I don't think her life would last much longer. I'm pretty sure the yellow would pop her. Yeah. Like, like yellow doesn't moment, seem yeah. like she has a lot of patience with any yeah. lesser gems. I do also have a question connected to this. Do we think that Blue Diamond or Yellow Diamond ever find out that Greg and Steven were liberated from the human zoo? 
like, does this get fla- flashed up by their, you know, monitoring of yeah. the Zoom or anything? I don't think so. It seems like they don't know. I took it to be that it just happened. I think that they will think that all humans look the same and they probably just won't notice. Yeah, but if they're tagging them... And, like, what happens when they do the choosing next time and, like, we pair you up with Gar Egg? (laughs) He's not there. I think it's not not something that would ever get back to the diamonds. Yeah, it just wouldn't go that far up the chain. They don't, you know... They don't worry themselves about that. I just noticed the names of the people inside the human zoo. Yeah. It is like the Facet 5 gems. It's, here is a name and a number. Yeah, yeah. it's like Paradox. Yeah. It's just a number as well, yeah. yeah. The humans have been named as if they are gems. Yeah. Yeah. They've used this naming system on these. Exactly. These little squishies. Uh, yeah, that's everything I had for this batch of episodes. Do you have anything else you'd like to say? I love Greg's line at the end that it's the third craziest weekend he's <gasps> oh, ever had. Yeah. What were his other weekends? Um, I'm assuming illegal narcotics were involved. I was just thinking something with Rose, probably. I think there's some other adventures we've not seen. I, considering the music he writes about space, I'm picturing, like, you know, a, a drug-induced weekend where it's like, oh, yeah, I had that weekend where I thought I was going to Neptune. <laughs> Um, I guess I would. I, I, I picture him as a. Tune. I picture him as a bit of a drugged up hippie in his teens. That's everything else I had. Yep, that's all I have too. Wonderful. So that is everything for episode twenty four of the Crystal Cloudcast. Uh, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Time to do self promotion. Mia, where are you on the internet? You can find me at OmiaGod on Twitter. You can also find me on Patreon because I now do regular video blogs at patreon.com forward slash MiaViolet. And Retta, where are you on the internet? As Supareta everywhere. S-U-P-A-R-R-A-Y-T-A-R. Hooray. And you can find me... Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, on YouTube, etc. You can find me Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 at uk. Thank you for listening. Oh, I should say, I do other podcasts. I never promote those on here. If you like Dungeons & Dragons, I do a Dungeons & Dragons podcast called Dice Funk. Uh, goes up every Sunday. That like That's a one I've been meaning to... Like I haven't recommended that anywhere. So go listen to Dice Funk. Thank you for listening. Bye. <laughs>